night with my head singing that's so I'm gonna like <laughs> call him call him yeah. well, you're gonna, gonna his gonna phone will you. be off and he won't hear <laughs> yeah, you but... I'll, be, I'll be too busy taking over uh, and you're gonna have America. nightmares of how he eats the cookie <laughs> while the song is going on I'm gonna make eye contact yeah Steve you, you eat <laughs> uh, hold eye contact with them while you squish that cookie <laughs> oh my god <laughs> nightmare so fuel. good we don't have an HR <laughs> wow I thought Deb was our HR department oh my god yeah. what happens when you harass HR where does what how it how the they punch you oh, in the yeah, face yeah. <laughs> yeah and they get you fired dude yeah. what well, the fuck Kirsten, Kirsten you know better than anybody you sit next to her she's always punching you in the arm so I mean I, I've been forgiven for far worse I have yeah. to admit it I'm yeah. trying to learn my lesson apparently I haven't yeah mm. it was <laughs> Okay, I just, I just got to paint the picture for the listener. Oh, my God. Steve, okay, my, my wife uh, gave us some, especially Oreo, the uh, toffee ones. And Steve oh God. just... Oh, watching it. I can't turn away. You know how the normal person will either bite into an Oreo Death or they'll... Lean down of the picture. <laughs> they'll twist it. Oh yeah, they'll twist. The it standard apart. is the twist, and then lick the lick the filling. It's out. like a Peter Jackson film, but the ones before Lord of the Rings, <laughs> like Dead Alive. Steve does this form of twist, but instead of pulling apart, he's pushing in. He, he squeezes is, it. Yeah, he turns and squeezes it oh. back and forth, and then he rubs it like up and down to squeeze every little glob out. Now, so Chris is over here this... really in pain because he really wants to make a sexual reference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making any sexual references. It's all of you guys. <laughs> and all the cookie goo comes up around the rim. And he and he takes it and he licks the entire rim of the Oreo. Like the worst possible wheel. I wish we were making this up. I mean, I need to have video of this because it's just so bizarre. And watching him do it is just horrific. It's not horrific. It's nightmare fuel, Steve. Nightmare fuel. <laughs> Now, if it was, you know, themed and the and the the what is it icing filling was red or something, I can see that being nightmare fuel. Yeah, they make them with red, but filling. yeah, that makes all the damn difference. Yeah, that this, this is goober goober colored. Yeah, this is brown. It's shit colored. They're toffee. Yeah. Baby. Oh, oh, okay, so so. Oh. <laughs> Person can't even fuck talk. all of you. Censoring you, 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 you tell me to stop, and then you say all this. <laughs> fuck all of you. Mm. Uh, Kofi mm. members, uh, there's an outtake for you though about that. A little, little outtake. It's good. Just a little. And hello, everybody else. Welcome to episode 713 of Geek Shock. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Steve's O Face Vlog. Uh, with Professor Biggs. And, um, and we're here to talk Week and Geek. The gang's all back. Full table. Yay. Everyone drink. Yay. <laughs> and and when I say Steve's O-Face, it's Oreo is what the Oreo stands for. That's what it means, yes. Oh, oh. Oh, 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 Oreo. Oh. No, no, no. I got it. It's like O-O-O-R-E-O. 
That's the how wholesome, yeah. Jeffrey. This is the old wholesome. commercial. Yes. Jeff is the paragon of wholesome porn. Jeffrey Gunther is wholesome porn. Porn you can take home to your mom. That's why I call him Missionary Jeff. <laughs> this is like Mike Johnson and his kids kind of porn, you know, They're talking about monitoring each other. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you bring that shit up. Oh, my God. That, oh, that, no. I, that I'm, made I'm the bad me one, folks. I'm the cringe. <laughs> Yeah, look it up. It's politics. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do the work for you. You know what we haven't done in a while? We haven't given away something. It is time for us to give away something. Uh, if you're a Kofi member, level two or higher, kabam, you're in the in the goods. So, spin that veal. Barry, give it away, give it away, give it away now. Is that your theme song? No. I need some music. The microphone fell while I was spinning the wheels. Barry. Hold on. Gomer Geek. Gomer Geek. Gomer Geek. We don't know something amazing. Courtesy of the Yi Feng Toys Factory. Based on this episode, and who knows what we'll talk about. I got a feeling some of it, though. We figured out some of it. It won't be Oreos. No. Oh. It will never be Oreos again. No. Oh. And that, for any of us. You've ruined <laughs> Oreos for all of us for the rest of our lives, Steve. Hydrox, <laughs> even. The, now, from here on in, <laughs> I'm bringing the Oreo thins, if Oreos at all, because you, there's not enough cream in that to squeeze out. Well, uh, oh, you say that. Steve, <laughs> Steve uh, 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 finds a way. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, um. Uh, <laughs> Squeeze and, and see. Nobody could predict that. No, that's, that's chaos. Oh, yeah. I want to see that porn scene. Larg, what about Nutter Butter? What about Double Stuffs? Oh, yeah. Mega Nutter Stuffs. Butter don't, the filling is too thick. It almost like doesn't want to like compress. Squeeze. Steve, you want to meet that challenge? Challenge accepted. I, okay, we got a new Kofi tier, don't we? <laughs> What is Steve squishing this week? It's kind of like that porn where the ladies in high fe- high heels step in food. It's- yeah, they squish them. Oh, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> One Steve, two Oreos. There's literally a fetish for everyone. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a sad truth. And there you go, Kofi members. You're welcome. Yeah, 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 Kofi members. I'm the problem. We should post five minute videos of you just squishing things and saying things into the mic like, but, oh, yeah. but. He said, but have, twice, but, but. People have to pay for them. Well, that's why we have the Kofi. Why we have the Kofi. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, he's, I mean, he's nodding his head like, yes, this is a good idea. No, no, it's not. Oh, well, you say that. To be fair, to be fair, yeah. when have any of our ideas really been that good? Okay, that is a very fair Ball statement. Pit. I mean, Ball pit. over Ball pit. 600 Ball episodes of bad ideas and bad choices. Over 700, 700 episodes. 700, excuse me, I shorted us. Well, if you had listened to last week, you'd know that Geek Shock, uh-huh. there is some corn in the shit. Ah, mm-hmm. Well, I you know was trying to be back for last week, but I don't remember that in the discussion. Oh, we were listening to it too. I don't remember that. Mm, it's there. It's, I just remember Deb yelling the at the oh, radio. Yeah, you know I what? kept yelling at the radio. That might have been an aftershock. <laughs> that might have been an aftershock. We listened to aftershock too. Not that oh. one. Oh, different uh-huh. one. I can guarantee you, it's in the aftershock. I am vindicated. <laughs> no, we didn't listen to that one. We listened to the one where the we fireball made fireball. Whiskey. Oh, that one. Yeah. That's that one. That one's for the ages. That yeah. one's also available for public consumption. 
No, no, it is not. Maybe it's not. No. I thought it was. I thought you were going to make that available for public consumption. Eventually. I thought I'd give the Kofi members time to enjoy yeah. it on their own. Uh, we did record a fantastic Aftershock where Steve attempted to make his own fireball poorly on the episode itself. Uh, Kofi members, I believe that is 711 yes. is the Aftershock for yeah. that. Uh, and, but we will eventually make that available for everyone to listen to as kind of a teaser to say, hey, if you haven't joined Kofi yet, this is what you're missing. So... Yeah. That oh. will eventually be out there. Okay. Oh, that okay. really was and, uh, a, an aftershock for the ages. Oh, and stay tuned. So... There will be a part duh. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> Trying new things. Emphasis on the duh. duh. Emphasis yeah. on the new. Well, actually, <laughs> I should say part duh. <laughs> so, friends, neighbors, countrymen, lend me your what you did this week. Fiavlarg, uh, sure. I went to the Renfest, the Texas Renfest. Deb and I went through uh, back to Houston to uh, visit uh, friends, did some work, and uh, we went to the very best Ren Fair in all the land. <laughs> it's like Disneyland. It's just great. Got brought in lots of alcohol. and uh, We got to see Diggs. Got to see Diggs McSmigs. Always a good time. And uh, his wonderful wife. Yes. Um, and we saw Ija Shockey, and we saw uh, 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 Aaron Esk, mm-hmm. and it was a good time. What was the highlight? Me. Oh, God damn it. What was the highlight of the, the Red Fair? It's usually Barry, to be honest. So his costume, I think he's talked about it before, but his costume, he is an alchemist. And really, he's just, he literally carries booze all over himself. So he- Two bottles of wine, yeah. full bottles. I got like four, two big, I got a potion of, of simple syrup. <laughs> and then I got a potion of bourbon, and then uh, I even brought like bitters and and orange bitters with me, so I can make old. Li- I had these little tiny shot glasses that I have that are in 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 they're silver. They actually go with his costume. He bought them at Ren Fair, so it's like a leather carrying case with two it. little so I got cups. Four yeah. of them, and I was making the world's tiniest little old fashions. They were really good, actually. Are you sure that's a costume and not just everyday Barry? No, it's everyday Barry, but it's like his version of himself, but <laughs> oh. in Ren Fair garb. And yeah. I, just I see. Loaded down with so much booze. I have like like two armbands with again everyday booze and a bandolier of booze I and say, potion bottles. And booze I had mezcal and I had. You're uh, expending scotch. calories. Scotch. Yes. I'm a very flammable costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm very popular. Oh, I bet you are. I make friends very easily. I just waited for somebody to cast fireball at the Ren Fair and you guys. No, 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 no. Boof. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't hide behind me. <laughs> But uh, that was the, I mean, well, we did lots of geeky stuff. Uh, yeah. We uh, played, got some good board game time with lots of friends, and we played some D&D. Yeah, we, we did. Very short time we played D&D. We, I think we got like one encounter and the stuff. It was like one of our old school, like two and a half hour sessions yeah. we would play on Mondays. And then people got like tired. And, it was a Wednesday, so it was a work night. So, <laughs> But we still got to play. Yes, we got to play. Um, and we got to see just Michael. Oh, fantastic. Now, for those in the uh, who subscribe to our Kofi, uh, we have a Discord. You should join it. It's amazing. And uh, I posted pictures of uh, me and uh, just Michael. Your wedding pictures. Our prom pictures. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was wonderful. Remakes from the cruise pictures. Yeah. For my birthday. So I think we're going to do that picture for a long time. It's me and Mike at prom. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ah, shit. What else did we do? Uh, I don't know about you. I mean, I'm sure you read like a million things, but I discovered something interesting because we did a lot of traveling. And when we're traveling, I got nothing to do but look at my phone. Okay, driving. Driving, yeah. Um, 
You drove to Texas? No, we, no. but we were in Houston and we ended up in Dallas. So we drove uh, to Dallas, which is like almost a five hour drive. Um, and then, you know, I drove all week long back and forth to stuff. There's her so. name on the thing, but uh, Google uh, Play Pass. You heard of this? Play Pass. Play Pass. It's like 30 bucks a year, which is like uh, Board Game Arena. And you get all the all kinds of good games. I mean, a bunch of bad ones for phone your phone as well. Mobile devices, yeah. Uh, but they're like free. Okay, aren't there all? Well, they're not a free. Lot they're free thirty dollars a, a lot year. of free games, but there's ads, and the and a lot of them suck. Uh, these are very good games. Oh. I downloaded a whole bunch of them. Uh, they got all like Reigns, Reigns, uh, the, the the second one, and they have the Reigns Game of Thrones on there as well. Reigns, um, Reigns. It's where it's a lot like uh, King's Dilemma, a very simplified. Oh, version of okay. It. Where there's four things you got to keep up, you know, religion and the people and money and the military. You make choices, and it's yes or no, and it's goofy fun. It's not like King's Dilemma where it's just punishing, but it's yeah, <laughs> it's goofy fun. Uh, they got Brotato on there, Card Thief. Uh, they got a bunch of stuff. I'm not gonna get into it. What is Brotato, dude? I don't even know. I downloaded it. It just looked good. It's because it said Brotato. Like, okay. I'm gonna play that. If whatever I'm gonna get Play Pass, what do I need to play on it? What's what's the thing I can't miss? The thing you can't miss, honestly, I like a game. Uh, it's yes. <laughs> it's called. It's Storyberry. <laughs> <laughs> round guard. It's called round guard. I have to wait for it to load. Oh my god! Because on my phone, all it says is round good dot dot dot. I'm like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> a memorable name at that. It's round it's good. like a little adventure game where you shoot the things from the top. It's it's kind of like Peggle, but way better. I like Peggle. Way better than Peggle, where you get uh, where there's like an economy. Yeah, I know I got you with the economy. And uh, there's the different classes you can be, and there's different powers you can use uh, with your left and, and right thumbs while the ball is hitting things, and you can defeat monsters and, and get better armor. It's a fun little game, dude. Okay. Yeah. For reference, though, I'm just going to put this out there. So when we drive places, I drive usually, and Barry just plays on his phone. So no talking, no conversation. Oh, no. He just plays on his phone. So he needs constant new things to try. And so that might be why he's more willing to play some things that most people will be like, what the fuck is that? Well, you were listening to your audiobook because you audiobook. were playing games on your phone. So I could uh, pay $30 a year for pay Play Pass. Yes. Or I could just buy Round Guard for six ninety nine. You could. Or you could buy $30 a year for Pay Pass and get all the other games that are cool. Oh, like okay. Card Thief is a good one where you're a thief and you got to go through a castle. But th there's like nine cards on the table and you go through each one. You, you, you lower your stealth until you find like the treasure and you got to get out without getting caught. It's a fun little game. I, I like that you do this five hours of traveling, but you still have very much self-care alone time each yes. in the middle of it. It's yeah. very nice. He at least didn't like give ridiculous commentary about my audiobook because sometimes he does that. <laughs> I held it. You did. I held it to my. You did. But then after we got to the hotel and stopped, he made the comment about how he didn't like her voices. And I think they're really good, but that's fine. I didn't think. Personal I... opinion. Me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> Deb, what'd you do? Oh, so much. I haven't been on it so long. It's um, been a while. So there's a couple of things that I really wanted to talk about. Um, first, obviously. <clears throat> Ahsoka, because I haven't been really around since Ahsoka finished. Wow. Um, I know. It's been a long time. Um, 
I really enjoyed the season. Yeah. I Ahsoka is one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Ahsoka and Chop- Chopper, and I got both of them in the same series, which is great. I don't think they did enough with um, Chopper and uh, God. Oh, what's her name? Um, he, the woman that General um, Sandula. Sandula. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I don't. I mean, they were in it a lot, but I feel like. I mean, obviously, I liked Rebels. I enjoyed watching Rebels, and that was, like, their show. Um, and it did feel like a good mix of Rebels and, like, not really the Mandalorian, but that's how a lot of people really first saw Ahsoka. So if you've never watched Clone Wars, um, you know, a lot of people, that was the first time they ever met her. And so it was a carry-on of that, but they did, like, such a better job. And I really appreciate how, like, the first episode... They had the whole mural and it was the cartoon characters of them from Rebels and it oh it was just really good. Um and uh Yeah, I really enjoyed that show. And then of course Loki, which just finished. Uh, so good this season. Oh my god, the season was so good. I so, was so not good. sure where they were going with it till that last episode and then wow. Well and we it went you... completely different it went far different in a direction than I thought it would go. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and of course, I think there's all the speculation what they're going to do with what's his name's character now that Jonathan Majors. Yeah. But I do think that it set it up so that they can switch people. Yeah. And it won't be too much of an issue. It wouldn't be just like them recasting mid movie the way that it's ended. So if you haven't watched the season two of Loki or the finale yet, definitely watch it. Um, and I think it would be interesting to see what people think, too, about that piece. But Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, by all accounts, they've shot a significant amount of stuff with Jonathan Majors they that they don't want to, like, throw out. And, yeah, the charges were dropped. But at the same time, if there's any validity to them, yeah, you don't really want to... Well, plus the other behind, well, and this is just yeah. rumor mongering, yeah. but right. the behind the scenes thing is it's kind of a piece of work. That's That's the main thing. I kind of feel about him because apparently in investigation a lot of her story has fallen apart Mm -hmm. but that was a catalyst for people to come forward and it's sort of like he's kind of an asshole uh, yeah you know yeah yeah it's uh, it's just I don't know I hate I I hate when you hear something awful about somebody and then you find out well it's not as awful as you think not to mention you've really got to teeter on that yeah. That edge of not seeming like you're victim blaming. Right. And, exactly. And, you know, you don't want to automatically go, oh, well, that can't be true. Right. You know. Yeah. You, so you always want that line. You always want to err on the side of caution and just, mm-hmm. you know, say, hey, if this happened to this person. Right. And and it was it's like, well, if there's an investigation, blah, blah, blah. There was right. an investigation. Yep. But then other people have stepped up. And I mean, that's the whole thing about me, too, isn't it? Right. I yeah. mean, so I think it's fair to say there nobody has been really sunk by a story right i think maybe the closest was like aziz ansari mm-hmm. cuz there was that one what story yeah it was, dude it was it was a bad date okay essentially um you know but didn't other people come forward on him too like yeah we had similar experiences okay cuz i hadn't heard that but i mean and i'm just saying that's like the closest thing and if you're right then well then there is no closest thing the whole thing about me too is you know something happens and then the tsunami a story and nothing thank god 
equals Weinstein, of course. Yeah. But uh, you get the tsunami of, of people coming forward, and that's when it all gets terrible. Yeah. yeah. So, so majors is, for me, it's a, it's a real mixed feeling thing. Because on the one hand, it does sound like he's a piece of work. But on the other hand, her story fell apart. But on the other hand, other people have come. <sighs> yeah, friends of mine uh, who are in theater of note, we're like, oh, yeah, this guy's been a problem for years. Mm -hmm. So, Well, that's, you know, for me, that's a step closer to the story because it's people you know. And yeah. I trust your judgment in terms of relaying information like that. Yeah. Not so much needing cookies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, you know, because there are some people who relay stories and holy shit. They fill holes, jump oh, yeah. to conclusions, oh, and yeah. they go places that it's like, when you get the story, you're like, where did it? Well, it's like the it, most complex game of telephone you've ever right. played. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. I was just going to say that, so, too. You know, and, that and, religion for, and that's the thing that gets me about this type of stuff. It's like, guys, you're fucking with someone's reputation. Right. Yeah. Don't you want to make sure you get details and facts? And the sheer number of people who are just like, I don't need all that stuff. Yeah, who are just the it's, rumor mongers. And, it's you know, just like, and I know yeah. it can come across as purient, right? Uh, you know, I'm being serious now. So, like, excusing, you know, all the, the joking about sex stuff. But, like, hearing the details about Weinstein is just like, I mean, you know, like the potted plants. It's On the one hand, it's like, do I need to hear this? But on the other hand, it's like, this really tells you how incredibly fucked up that yeah. whole situation was. Yeah. yeah. And what he, you know, it, it, so anyway, and, and not to mention, you know, and further than that. But yeah, so majors, I just, I've always been kind of torn because mm -hmm. I want to be fair about it and there's just enough. Uh, so. So Loki too. Yes. yes. <laughs> really good. Very good. Very, very good. And then two call-outs really quick. So when we were at the convention in Utah, um, Barry has talked about Wyvern Warfare before. and That's the dice. My dice tray. tray and yeah. I actually got to use it in play, like for D&D &D and for board games, for dice rolling. And oh my God, it's amazing. So the bottom is like, it's leather, right? And you roll those dice and they're not popping out of that box. Like you roll them and they stay there. And it's really nice because you can just roll it against the sidewall in the dice tray and they are not jumping and flying all over the place. Whereas like I've, I've used other dice trays and they're like thin and so they still bounce on the table or it's not designed <laughs> in a way that really like helps contain. It was great and I loved it. And, it's, and I traveled with it. So it's like perfect size to travel with and perfect size to use. Um, so like we use it on board games too. So we were just passing around to different people. I loved it, it was great. What's the uh, company again? Wyvernwarfare.com. Oh, okay. Spell it just for our listeners. W-Y-V-E-R-N warfare.com. W-A-R-F-A-I-R. F-A-R-E, you dumb ass. F-A-I-R-E, I heard that. Oh my yep. God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we also, while we were at the con, ordered from this company called Slayer of Monster um, buildings for D&D. &D. Oh, and right. they came in right before we left. Oh my God, they look so good. Um, we are totally going to need to take, I'm going to need to take a tutorial. Barry's not going to have the patience for it. Mm -hmm. But 
They're all black, so they did the base coat in black, so we need to paint them. Oh. Yes. So I'm excited. But all these buildings are amazing. And one of the things that we really liked about them is they're light. They're easy to move around. Um, but they like also discon- like they connect to each other, but then you can take the layers off really easily without the whole building like you know what I mean? Sometimes when you put things together, if you want to move it, you're like trying to move the whole thing this way and like half the building stays in one spot and now <laughs> yeah. you've got to build it all over again. No, it's like you can literally pick it up, put it down. Nice. It's great. We'll yeah. get used to be picking it up and putting it down because all our prick friends are going to go, oh, wow, that's amazing. We go the other way. <laughs> oh, hey, look, you turn the corner and there's another building that looks just like it. <laughs> railroad, railroad way. <laughs> Um, There's one of our prick friends now. Yes. <laughs> the last thing I want to talk about is something that actually Steve and I are going to talk about because oh. so on our cruise, because it's been that long since I've been here, um, Barry's talked about it. He got to read a lot of books. So I got to read. Obviously, I don't read as fast as him, um, but I read two good books. I've read number seven of the Temeraire series, I believe is number seven. And then um, I had only brought one of those with me. And then I also had The Starless Sea. So The Starless Sea is a book that Biggs actually gave me for Christmas mm-hmm. a few years ago. And I did one of those where I was in between books. And so I decided to try to read it. And like I usually read before I go to bed. So sometimes I only get a few pages. And then sometimes I you know get a few chapters. It just depends on my energy level. And... It was one of those books where I tried reading and it just was not catching my attention. And the I'm really upset at myself for not actually like reading more into it because after taking it on the cruise and actually getting into the book, like it's a it's a really, really good book. So the thing that threw me off at first was it does one of those things where the chapters like jump around and so sometimes it's jumping around in time but sometimes it's totally different stories or points of view and so it took a little bit to understand the why but once you understand why it's doing that it makes total and complete sense and it flows very well but um the whole premise of the book is great and i wish that this is her only book of the whole thing in that world isn't it yeah yeah so she has built this world that would be amazing to hear all these other stories but essentially there's like a world below the surface of this earth that has doorways all over but they're special and like only certain people can find them and it's this place of knowledge and learning and art and like all of these things and stories and stories and the biggest part is stories and telling people's stories and it just this the story itself the starless sea the book (laughs) is just told very well yeah. Uh, it's Erin Morgenstern, yeah. and she's only written like two or three books. Yeah. And I actually brought it. So she wrote The Night Circus. I don't yeah. know if you've read that. Um, this is her second one. Yeah. Um, but she, she builds a very detailed and one of those worlds that when you're reading, it just, you are picturing the whole thing. It's like building in your, in your mind and you can see it while you're reading the book. I love books like that because I end up dreaming about those types of things. You know what I mean? Like I, when I was first reading um, The Wheel of Time. And You're going to dream about Biggs eating an Oreo. <laughs> no, no. Um, but when I was first reading The Wheel of Time, there were times where I would just have, I would jump into dreams about 
being meeting the Amaryllion and doing all these things and wow like yeah I know this is one of those books that I could totally see that happening because she builds just such a detailed and beautiful world within the story that you, I mean like I really wish at some point maybe she writes something else within the same type of universe it doesn't have to be the same story like the same people but the premise of the world she has built and how it fun like how the world below the world functions is yeah. Very interesting. I, I think I talked about this, the the book, when I first read it. Um, at, at first, you think that you're just reading a bunch of unconnected stories. Right. Short stories. Yeah. And then, as, and then one of the stories is about this guy that finds this book with no title and no author, and he's reading through it, and he's reading a story about himself as mm -hmm. a young kid. And he's like, what the hell's going on? And like it freaks him out. It yeah. Freaks him out. And then he just gets caught up in this world in which these people from the under underworld start to say, yeah, you're now part of that story. So we need you to help protect the story. We need you to help do this. Right. And as you keep reading, you realize that there are these characters that exist in both the quote real world and the underworld that have been talked about in a story that you read before in a completely different guise and it's just and it all kind of you know wheel within a wheel but it's done in a way that is like it's not cumbersome and it's not you know you where you get bored it's literally like oh my god really yeah. okay and, and you keep and, reading and it's like it does it again and you're like wow okay yeah to the point where at a certain point you start figuring out you start to realize, oh, is this person that person, actually? Is this story actually about this young girl? <coughs> is this character, that character, older? <coughs> and you start oh, wow. putting all the pieces together. Yeah. And and then it just becomes this, you know, big odyssey. And then there's a thing where... <coughs> oh, my goodness, sir. I know. Drink something. He's, he's so excited that it's... Cough so him I out. Think so the friend of mine that gave me the book, she was like, you need to read this, and then we need to talk about it afterwards. And she's like, so what do you think? And I said, what occurred to me reading it, and I think this might be the point, and I think, like I say, when I, when I read it the first time a few years ago and I talked about it on the show, is that it, it's a book that's really kind of a... Um, word not coming to mind, but it's an examination of how stories work and how we're every person is a character in their own story like in real life there's a character in their own story and a character in everyone else's story and each one of those characters is a different character i'm a different steve biggs to todd than i am to deb than i am to barry than i am to Kay and jeff and it's told from like everybody's point of view type yeah. of thing and 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 you know do we even know who we are right like the story i tell myself about me is that true or not i don't know <laughs> so it's it really is kind of a is kind of an examination of of that whole thing torgo's uh, the antagonist of my story <laughs> yeah you, in my yeah. at my story i'm svelte and in shape <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and again that's kind of dealt with in the, <laughs> the book some of the characters are even physically different in hmm. different people's stories 
<laughs> there is no protagonist in Torgo's story. It's just an antagonist. That's it. But yeah, is I, that possible in a story? I, yeah. I'm my own antagonist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's well. That's one of the four basic stories: person against themselves. So um, that would make him a protagonist. Yeah, both hmm. protagonist and, and antagonist. antagonist. Yeah. Well, uh, the antagonist is the person who gets in the way of the protagonist. Yeah. So I'm definitely getting in my own way. <laughs> Could there the be no protagonist in a story? Uh, no, because there's all. Darth Vader gets up in the morning, makes eggs. Well, sits down wait to watch a minute. TV. What about the Amy no, Farrah the Fowler theory of Raiders of the Lost Ark? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, is is Indiana Jones a protagonist, or is he a point of view character for events that run out of his control? Ah, mm. see, there oh. is a play called oh, the Heidi Chronicles. Uh, here we fucking go. No, where you brought you, this. You on. can, you can, <laughs> you can have such a thing as a passive protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> so Heidi and Heidi Chronicles is definitely the main character. Is definitely the protagonist of that play, but she's also very much an observer of the events of her life. Right, because it. I mean, isn't. Technically, isn't the definition of protagonist the the person who moves the plot along, or or it, no, am I just no. remembering? No. Uh, it's it's just wrong. the main character, right? Then why uh, not just say main character? Well, because protagonist is so much more pretentious. It's super and fancy. It's also a word that's been around a lot longer than main <laughs> yeah, character. It yeah. literally means the first person to speak. From the Latin. From the Greek. From the Greek, see. <laughs> oh, you didn't know what language. <laughs> Don't even. See? <laughs> See that thing I learned just like half a second ago? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anyway, I can't recommend this book enough. Uh, oh, it, it's really good. It's if really you good. like stories, if you like storytelling, if you like examinations of life, the universe, and everything, and existentialism, and blah, blah, blah. It's really good. And if you like fantasy. Yeah, yeah. And like a different version of Earth type stories, yeah. Yeah, because the starless sea is a sea made up of honey. Yes. <laughs> At the end of it, and the bees are essentially God. Yeah. Or like the keepers or, of the dead. Or, yeah. Something. Yeah. I don't know, but it's bees. Yeah. yeah. And it's very, and that's the thing, it's very much a Rorschach test. Not the bees, not the bees! <laughs> I've just placed a hold of the library for that book. I'm yeah. so sold. But yeah, The Starless Sea by Erin Morgenstern. Yeah. Is she related to S. Morgenstern, who wrote I The Princess don't Bride? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Don't know? <laughs> no? Nobody? Yeah, I, I get it. I, I know. <laughs> I figure you get it. Yeah. You get me, Steve. <laughs> you get me, man. You complete me. <laughs> Steve, what did you do this week? So, I've been on a reading jag myself. So I've already talked about uh, Citadel of the Fallen, which oh, we were kind of wishing that you'd been here for that, Deb. Um, and then uh, uh, Doc Savage Skull Island. This week, I finished the first book in the Modesty Blaze uh, series of novels that started in the mid-60s. Uh, Peter O'Donnell, it started out as a comic strip in 1963, and then he turned that comic strip into a series of novels. Uh, Modesty Blaze is uh, is a 26-year-old former crime boss who's decided to retire because she's made her 500,000 500, pounds in 1965, which would be closer to like eight, $9 million. She in, should invest that into Tandy. Exactly. 
Um, and she gets basically drawn into working for the British government by interesting means. She decides to go ahead with it uh, with the idea this is a one-off. And, of course, there's 11 novels, so it's not a one-off. So it's a it's like two a one-offs. spy adventure. It's, a, li- it's a little spy, <laughs> but it's a lot. It's actually, I mean, there's spy elements to it, but it really is much more of like spy mixed with crime novel thing because because she, she's out to get i mean there is apparently i've only read the first book but apparently there is a sort of a blowfeld character who is somebody that and now i'm foggy on this uh is somebody that she set up to take over her crime network who is now if she comes back in he's going to kill her because she's the competition or is she working for the British government? Blah, 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 blah. Guy named Gabriel. Um, she's got a trusted sidekick, Willie Garvin. Uh, theirs is a purely uh, platonic relationship, which is great because it's spelled out in the book that that is in fact the case. And what I love about that is um, <laughs> this, this thing of, well, men and women can't just be friends. It's like, no, that's not true. You know, oh, sex is always going to come up. It's like, that's that's not true. It will if you let it, but if you if you go, oh, we don't have that kind of relationship. Okay. And that's kind of and that's kind of what this is. Uh they tear they take care of each other, uh Modesty Blaze and this guy. Um, but he he started he also decided to retire and, and open a pub, but he misses the action. And so he gets himself into trouble, and that's basically how the British government gets her involved. And they say, well, we know Will, where Willie Garvin's being held prisoner, so if we let you know that, will you help us out with this other thing? Like, oh, okay. Which apparently is different than the way she they get her working for him in the comic strip. But anyway. Um, but anyway, it, it's a fun read. I was very pleasantly surprised. It's a it's a fun read. And, and that aspect of that platonic relationship and... And the other men in the thing going, oh, how can that possibly be? Look at her. She's like gorgeous. And he goes, yeah, she is. So? <laughs> um, so it's it's really a lot of fun. I'm actually looking forward to picking up uh, a few more. Um, th- this kind of went with that conversation that we had a, a few weeks ago about how stop trying to you know recast James Bond as a woman. There are other female adventure characters yeah. out there that are well worth mining. Sadly, they've already tried with Modesty Blaze. There was a movie that came out in the 60s with Monica Vitti as Modesty Blaze. And if you ever see the trailer for that, you're just like, oh, yikes. Terrence Stamp plays Willie Garvin in it. And they, of course, have them in a relationship. <laughs> so that, that because Hollywood, yeah, it's funny because that sounds ripe for like a. I could see Netflix totally jumping on board. Well, especially it in the sixties, Hollywood couldn't fathom a man and a woman right. having a platonic relationship. Right. Yeah. Apparently, Peter O'Donnell wrote, wrote the first draft of the screenplay, and they were like, "Nah, it's this." Yeah, <laughs> they got to be a couple. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And let's face it, Modesty Blaze is a kick-ass name. It is. It is, and it is a made-up name. It, I mean, if it sounds made up, it's because it is. It, it, she doesn't know who she is. She uh, she was a refugee. Again, this is post-World War II when this was first written. She was a refugee in a, uh, you know, from a, in a Greek refugee camp. And, and 
that camp got closed down. And so she basically had to fight her way into civilization through the Middle East and then along the way became uh, became <laughs> through various machinations became uh, came? I, I know became I, became, became head of this crime network <laughs> we, we uh, yeah if only if only the crusades had succeeded and we had brought civilization to the Middle East then she wouldn't have had to fight through it to get to civilization well, think of what happened after World War II in the Middle East it's uh, kind of a mess <laughs> Kind of is putting it mildly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I uh, okay. Yeah. I I, I mean, there's. You I, know, I didn't realize that was the definition of civilization, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> mm. No, it's fine. Well, anyway, yeah. civilization is defined by how long it takes for you right now. If I wanted it to go get me a cheeseburger. <laughs> Anyway, it will take I mean, you about five minutes right down the road. Yeah, anyway, well, that's some so she ultimately right? becomes the yeah, but, head of this crime network, and everyone everyone who remembers it respects her for it because she's kick ass. What if it's falafel? <sighs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, Mister Western Privilege. Unpack your your your. I'll take sack. Your, I'll take Euro and Peta. <laughs> Um, one thing we forgot to mention last week was we saw the original Wicker Man, which apparently is a musical. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. I don't even know. Mid-70s uh, movie with Christopher Lee and Edward Woodward. That's not the one where he's invisible, right? No. No, no, no. no. Um, it's a little slow. It's very slow. It's a slow musical. But it's groovy. <laughs> it's a slow musical. It's groovy. Oh, so it's <laughs> your wagon. A bunch of dirges. Oh what is God. it? No, it's a bunch of folk folk scottish folk wicker music. man yeah, wicker man the wicker man what's what's a wicker man used for to compliment wicker furniture no fucking no <laughs> burning people in sacrifice oh okay so okay. It's, it's that kind Eff of everyone knows that and this man yeah, obviously hey <laughs> everyone does know and anyone who knows who knows anyone who knows the difference between civilization and barbarity <laughs> right, I don't Steve. have to burn a wicker man to get a cheeseburger. <laughs> anyway, a, a mainland police detective. But you do is, to get an apple. Has been sent this thing that one of the one of the. I got nothing. To one of the local towns <laughs> girls has gone about. missing. Keep going. Power has through, gone Steve. missing, and he go and he's and he's an uptight uh, <laughs> mid thirties virgin. And uh, all this comes into play. You lost and, me a virgin. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and Chris, really. And I will say this. Protagonist, Chris the first Lee person who do, speaks is a virgin. Christopher Lee has to do some wacky stuff in this. And he does. He does. He, he does. does he There's throws himself some into it. dancing. Yes. <laughs> is, is that term used lately? Yes, it is. Okay. There's, there's, let's, there's some let's say movement. movement to a rhythm. <laughs> yes. So it's like the berry dance. Uh, <laughs> um, Nothing uh, is like the berry dance. I could, I could see the berry dance occurring at a wicker man ritual, sure. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, this weekend, I went back to California for a wedding, and on the way back, I went to one of my favorite places in the world, Pegasus Hobbies. Pe uh, it's, a, it's a huge hobby shop in upland california and they have their own brand of models they also have taken over they've also taken over the mobius models line 
and uh, and I picked up. Uh, where, which camera am I on? God uh, damn it! Which, he's, which he's got something. Yep. This hey dumbass, you're on the radio, Me not television. But <laughs> sponsored by Bayad Martron. Yeah. I'm making I'm making sounds. Remember, kids, we can't see shit, so make a goddamn noise and speak into the mic. Yeah. I love that ad, by the way. Will you stop shaking the damn box? You're gonna I'm break making it. A sound. You're gonna it's, break it's it. It's styrene plastic. There's no way to break it. Um, oh, I, mean, I, I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> anyway, as we talked about in the past couple of episodes, uh, I kind of went down this, um, uh, you know, Aurora monster model thing. They never made a Metaluna mutant model back in those days. Say that again. They never made a Metaluna mutant model back in those days. <laughs> what is a Metaluna mutant? It's from this island Earth. Yes. That sounds like a what Gilbert and Sullivan song. It's an old song. Oh my God! You've never 50s. seen this island Earth. <laughs> Uh, it's an old sci-fi movie from the 50s. I'm the model of a Metaluna. <laughs> you find Most... out that the planet Metaluna is is dying, and they oh. have created these mutants as sort of a slave labor thing, and then the the slaves revolt. But what this island Earth is most famous for is being the MST3K movie. So <laughs> most famous for I don't know if it's most famous yeah, I, for it's it's it definitely got more exposure. The, the, after. the reason why it was chosen for. Mystery Science Theater, the movies, because it's the one of the most known movies they ever did for Mystery Science Theater. Well, and yeah, and because yeah. it was universal distributor. Well, don't they so. pick movies apart in Mystery Science oh, Theater? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not saying This Island Earth is a great movie. It is not. But the aliens are awesome. There's a great <laughs> scene in the... In the it looks like this. In the MST Where's, movie. Cameraman? It looks or, like this. They're be- so the, the, the mutant has an exposed brain, basically. And <laughs> has a carapace like, all over the rest of his body, but it has an exposed brain. Yeah. It's like it's getting sense. whacked over the head with a stick. <laughs> and the guys are like, oh, I'm very vulnerable over there. Oh, there go the piano lessons. Oh, I can't remember my dad. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes from that movie. <laughs> Todd and I actually drove to Chicago just to see the MST movie. Yes, that was did. pretty. That was a nice road trip. It was a lot of fun. It was like right after he graduated college, we hit the road, went to Chicago, watched Closest the movie. Closest place that was showing it. Yeah. Slept at a at a friend of his place that had no heat in Chicago when it was cold. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then anyway, we drove back. Pegasus Hobbies in Upland. I can't recommend it enough. They have as much of everything as you'd ever want. Uh, whether it's radio-controlled cars, planes, models, RPG stuff, it's huge. Um, is Toy Shack in, in downtown still open, or did that close? Don't know, don't care. They're yeah. kind of assholes. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Todd. Because I'm asking for Steve, but fine, just yeah. blow me... Uh, you know what? I'll just go town. fuck myself, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you get models in town? Where do you get models in town? Yeah. Anymore? You don't. Um, well, okay. The last bottle shops I knew closed. Okay. Really? Uh, Jeff, what did you do this week? Well, uh, reason I was not here last week is because I was on another one of uh, the Darren and Jeff has a, have an epic road trip adventures. Uh, <laughs> As we call it Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so I went to Burbank. <laughs> I thought you said this was epic. <laughs> oh, it's getting there. Did you go to fucking Narnia or did you go to Burbank? Uh, I think they went to the prices right. We did a few things over there. First, we, uh, the first thing we did, because we got into town late, we actually got to go to the original Bob's Big Boy in Burbank. Ooh. So that was really cool. Okay. Because it, it literally has not changed much since it opened okay. in like the 40s. It, it's, it's an older place, but still it was kind of cool because, you know, it's 
Did you have the Bob LA Mac? history. Huh? Did you have the Bob Mac? I had the original Big Boy, which is their weird ketchup and relish sauce that they put on top of their double-decker burger, which looks like the Big Mac. Yeah, it's got the, the three-layer bun like the Big Mac, but does not have the spread or any of the other stuff that you have on a Big Mac. So that was just the first thing they did. The next day was the start of the real adventure. We started off by going to Tam O'Shanter, oh. which is a Scottish restaurant in... Uh, well, I think it's on the edge of Glendale slash Burbank, but Tam O'Shanter is famous because uh, Walt Disney used to go there and have a lot of lunches. In fact, he was famous for having his own table there. Like, they always sat at this table, which we actually got to sit next to and uh, take pictures of. But it's owned by Lowry's Prime Rib now, so they have uh, a bit of a up uh, upscale menu. So that was really cool getting to, you know, absorb that kind of history. They have because, a plaque at the table, right? Yeah, they literally have a plaque at the table. I have a picture of it, but since this is an audio show, I can't show. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for realizing this. Uh, <laughs> well, you can figure out which camera you're on. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> the reason we went there first is because the real goal of the adventure was we had a VIP tour at Disney Studios. Phenomenal. Oh. I got to uh, go across the lot. We got to go into some of the original buildings, which I did not know this. When they had their original Hyperion Studios, which was a few miles away from where the Burbank Studios is, when they bought the land in Burbank to move the studio, they actually moved some of the original buildings onto that lot. So a couple of the buildings there are literally 100 years old. <laughs> so it's really fascinating. Uh, we got to go through the original animation building, which uh, nowadays is mostly offices for other people who are renting offices on the lot. But uh, another part of the tour, though, that I highly recommend... if you These tours aren't offered very often. Uh, Darren got this because uh, he and I are both D23 members, but he has the upgraded version of this, and they offer these tour packages <laughs> about it, it, again, once a year. Again, not a video show, but Steve's giving his ho-ho-ho-hoity-toity head shake over there. <laughs> um, yeah, well, but to they, get the invites to these events yeah. and stuff, you have to you pay Ex the premium yes. D23. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, th they don't do very many of these tours. In fact, our tour guide was telling us that uh, that it's a very select because they typically keep the tours down about 10 people when they do those. Um, but they had reproduced Walt's original office because a couple of years after it, like they basically closed and locked it up after Walt died and and 65, was it? Well, kind of or like his apartment. 66, 66 yeah. yeah. They had to because uh, of the ghost. <laughs> but no, his ghost is at Disneyland. When they finally did go in there, they were just starting the Disney archives. So uh, the archivist went in, took detailed pictures of everything, and then they basically packaged everything up and put it in their archive warehouse. And several other CEOs and bigwigs had used the office space over the years, and it had been changed multiple times. Well, um, about 10 years ago, I want to say it was, they they reproduced the entire office. From, they took all the photos, they took everything out of storage, and they completely reproduced the office. And it it's really fascinating get to go around and look at all that historical disney stuff because it's just it's amazing yeah 
Biggs is doing his cookie thing again. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, what's with the giggles? And yeah, Steve is squeezing his Oreos again. His taco tongue. (laughs) So. (laughs) I don't know how else to explain it. No, you're right on. So yeah, um, word spoken. Didn't get to actually go in any of the sound stages, but got to walk past the sound stage where they shot 2,000 Leagues Under the Sea, or 20,000 Leagues, 2,000, Jesus. Well, that's the prequel. My brain. Yeah. Uh, it went deeper. Uh, what was fascinating about that stage is it actually has a tank, but it's been boarded over for decades. They haven't used the actual tank part of it, but uh, they had actually filled this tank with water and then built the sets in the tank for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and basically have used it like twice since that and then they boarded it up and it sat with boards over the top of it for decades and they haven't used it. didn't get to see it. Didn't get to see it, unfortunately. I, they, they pointed it out, but, but, you know, part of the tour, like, Imagine. which sound stage. It's the doing. almost Andy tour. Yeah, yes. exactly. Imagine if you could like, see inside this building. She's telling us all about it, and I'm like, oh, cool, we're going to get to go in there. And then we just kept going down to the next area of the tour. So far, I'm not impressed by this tour at all, Jeff. I'm waiting for the <laughs> epic part. So, uh... Did you slay a monster? So back when I worked at Disneyland, uh, I got to see the tank. Oh, okay. shit. Oh, right. I went to Disneyland, shit. and I did not get to see that. But no. That's yeah. No. That's almost I know a bunch story. of other things. I will well, say, it sounds like nobody's excited about the tour but me, so, you know. No, no, that's awesome. I, mean, I, I would to. love to go to Disney, Disney <laughs> Studios lit. and see it. It's really cool, and I, I did get to actually shop at the Disney Employee Store, which is nice. Uh, I did miss to, that. <laughs> yeah. That was like the highlight. Well, I mean, you know, I did got they... this. You can't see it, but I have a Marvel Studios hoodie that I got that, you know, only employees can buy unless you're there on the Did they the actually tour. take you to the archive building? Yeah, we okay. did get to go inside there. That's, That's cool. That is one of the coolest things, though. <laughs> okay. Yes, finally. <laughs> I got Did to I hold. Did I mention the dragon I actually killed with my bare hands? I get got to hold and get my picture taken holding one of Walt's Oscars. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's and pretty cool. That is. I mean. How heavy is it? Really? It's about eight pounds. Wow. And um, it's really cool. Theoretically, if you were to just run off with it, how far I thought they were just going to hand us a replica because when I saw like the previous tour was leaving and they were they were putting it back, they were giving the replica, but, but not uh, Jeff. No, no, no. That, but, uh, that's what I just thought in general because typically that's they don't let you touch something, something like that. They that don't. Many people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't Breath let it with many lead. people hold that. But this was one of his actual Oscars. Uh, he won thirty-one Oscars in the, the in the you know decades that he was running Disney. So, so they had some to spare for you to hold. Yeah, but yeah, got to see a lot of cool stuff. I actually got uh, one of the buildings that we're in. The Marvel Studios was right above us which we didn't get to go to, but you could see in the window, and I did get a picture of it, the uh, original Mjolnir prop from Thor. (laughs) So I have a picture of that. I was like, can I take a picture of that? She's like, I can't tell you no. Anything in here you're supposed to be able to take a picture of, and even though it's on a second floor and you have a zoom lens, go right ahead. (laughs) So that and uh, also the original Mark I uh, Iron Man armor they have on display there. So I did get a picture of it with my zoom lens. How big was it? Uh, I can't give an exact scale because I was it was on the second floor okay. and I was zoomed in. You just but see it through the window. Yeah. But the picture actually came out pretty well. I gotta I gotta say I was really impressed with that. 
But yeah, we got to do a lot of cool things like that. See archives, get to see some original animation cells, which it's apparently cool there's that, just that that space, right? Yeah, I mean, it, this is a lot that has a lot of history. I mean, it's not as big as some of the other studios, like Warner Brothers was bigger, etc. But it would, and it's just down the road. But for what it is, plot wise. It's still pretty impressive, and that thing has been there. Are they still using like, the sound stages, or is yeah. it just all? Well, I mean, they weren't at the time we were there because it was right at the tail end of the strike. <laughs> in fact, of I course. actually but had I mean, to. Because everything you're describing so far sounds like everything's a mothballed. Uh, no, I mean, we get to go. Like I said, we did get to go in the archive. We got to see a lot of the stuff. Sure, we just didn't get to see any actual. Mothballs. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know. Is any part of the back lot still there? Uh, I. I can't tell you. I'm not sure. We didn't go that far. Yeah. Um, we just walked between a lot of the sound stages, showed us a lot of like key spots, which I'm racking my brain trying to remember like this, all the different historical things that they were pointing out on the spots that we are on the on the lot there. But uh, I had a lot of fun. It was really cool. It's, it is one of those kind of li- once in a lifetime experiences because they only do these tours like once a year for the D23 members and then you have to be some other kind of VIP to get that same tour direct during the rest of the year. So, Did you get to see Walt Disney's parking space? <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, uh, for the man babies, I did get to see the head of Lucasfilm driving off in her car. That was oh, pretty was fun. she being escorted off because she no. was fired? <laughs> no. <laughs> she literally like, she took that Disney parking space. <laughs> It's funny because as she drove by, I was like, you know, that kind of looks like. And then as we continued walking, there was her space right there with the Lucasfilm tag on it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So That's really cool. That's, yeah. that's, to me, that sounds like the highlight of the trip. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> it's one of one of. I guess I'm not doing this justice, but I had a really good time. I got to see a lot of really cool pieces of L.A. area history. So, yeah. Is anybody yeah. besides... Well, Barry and I, or was it just me? No, it was both of us. Done the Ceremony of the Keys in uh, Tower of London. Oh, no. Yeah, we did that when we did our trip. So it's a very similar thing. Mm-hmm. They do it. It's a. It's the ceremony that they have when they close and lock up the tower for the night. Okay, yeah. Because technically there is still a small military contingent that lives with inside the walls. They're like the guards that protect, you know, because it's so much history and all the crown jewels are there sometimes and all those things um but you have to apply months in advance for a ticket the tickets are free but like they only give 10 spots per tour and it's only once per day that the tower is open to the public and it's only the days towers open to the public. yeah we had to get our tickets like six months ago yeah and they were selling out fast because it's a very limited number oh, yeah, of tickets. Oh, yeah, sure. Especially with D23 members. I mean, yeah. that's, as soon as that goes out, they're all probably jumping In fact, on. I had to check with our organizer uh, about the strike because it's like, um, is it? I, we bought these tickets months ago. Am I crossing a picket line if I go there? And they said, well, considering that you're not there to actually do any performing or production, and you're fine. So I wasn't crossing. Plus, when we got there, the, there was no picket line in front of the, the main gate. So I was like, well, oh, they're okay. not producing anything there. So sure, it makes sense. Yeah, I guess that not. That would have been awesome if you had come home yeah. and there were some culinary thugs outside <laughs> of your apartment <laughs> like, who were just like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, I have a business idea. Oh, it's a good one. Oh, is it a good one, though? Is it? Yeah. It, 
Yes, it is. So, <laughs> Kofi members only. Okay. Uh, uh, you can now apply. Now, there's a five-year wait uh, <laughs> for a exclusive behind-the-scenes tour of Geek Shop. <laughs> <laughs> Again, spots are very limited. And you got to apply five years in advance, maybe four, uh, and, no, and no refunds. No refunds. Now there's a there's a ninety nine dollar application fee, but that's that's <laughs> that's just for processing. We don't see any of that money. It just goes right to processing. It's the triplicate forms that yeah. cost, cost a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't say names, but we know who's going to submit like <laughs> ten times. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know we got to get moving on with the show, but I just want to uh, get to K here and just. Real quick. First off, uh, Clockwork Torgo for this month is going to be Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Perfect. Yay. That was the choice. You've never seen that oh, movie. Dude, the you have no idea. Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> I love that. I'm surprised by any of that. Oh. It's a John Hughes film, too. It's well, like, it's why? The, candy. It's like, a John Candy. Yeah. It's a John Hughes film, not about teenagers. I'm just not and there. It's, it's John Candy. It's such a Fine. good film. And especially Wait, if you know you like a lot of the, the history. car rental scene. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Especially if you know a lot of the history. Like, they changed the ending. I'm not going to tell you the ending. But they changed the ending and made it better. Because I guess the original ending was falling flat. And it's one of those where a lot of times when you go back and change them, you don't really improve it much. But this is one where it made a huge improvement. Audiences were just ecstatic about Save it. Save that story because I want to hear it. Yeah. So after we discuss it, we'll discuss it. Absolutely, we will. Uh, but and I, it still kills me that I mean, I knew when I was. Say the story. Say the story. No, no, no. It. I'm just yeah, saying yeah, yeah. it kills me that Todd has not seen it because it even when I was living Todd with him, hasn't seen so many films. I can't believe he passed on Goodfellas as number four, and he hasn't seen that either. And it passed on it. It's about who voted. And it passed. Well, we just gotta like sit there. We force him to watch it. It'll get back around one of these days. It's just, I've just walked by it for the past 20 years. He may have owned it at one point. I might have. Uh, but I did see a movie that is, might be my favorite movie I've seen so far this year. It's on Hulu. The movie is called No One Will Save You. It's a very, very forgettable title. I actually... Yeah, I watched it too. No one will save you. It's... You know that scene in Close Encounters of the Third Kind where the aliens steal the little boy? Uh It's that as a movie. Mm. It is an incredible action of tension. There are exactly four, or is it five, words spoken in the entire Yeah, there's less than a whole page of dialogue in the whole thing. Whole page, five words. No, I mean, but like, but the main character barely says anything. But even like interactions with other characters, there's z- like practically zero dialogue. It's crazy. But it is, I mean, up till now, Fire in the Sky was probably the creepiest alien abduction movie I'd ever seen, and that's only creepy for like seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> this movie begins and ends once the invasion starts. It is unrelenting. So it's not horror, though, right? Because it's alien. No, not at all. It's absolutely science fiction. I highly recommend it, Deb. You will definitely not have nightmares. I feel like even... (laughs) (laughs) He's lying to you. Yeah, if it's science fiction, you'll be fine. Did you... No, so my... Okay, it's funny. I have a horror issue. My twin sister has an alien issue. So, like... 
My twin sister can't watch things about aliens because it gives her nightmares, but she loves horror, and I am the other way around. Like aliens, oh, you'll be fine. Well, wow, closest to closest cousin of the third kind. Were you okay with that? Yeah, you'll be fine. Wow, <laughs> your twin sister's gonna think about aliens. Yes, that's what the fuck. <laughs> did she ever go to the experience? Uh, yeah. Did she, she did. ever meet Barry? <laughs> so her thing was like creepy aliens, like movies with. Did like, she ever meet, meet Barry? Barry? <laughs> not in your alien costume. She would definitely not like this film then if she's not. That's wow. not like creepy aliens. Wow. Yeah, definitely That's not. But you'll be fine. All right. It's now, on Hulu. It's highly worth it. I have to ask. Did you feel like the ending was creepy? The creepiest part of the whole yes. movie? Because like when it got to the end, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. I haven't had that happen in a movie in a long time. Yeah. The, the, I had a genuine what the fuck moment. It was a joyful it was a joyful ramping up like I've rarely seen. What's the yeah. the director also wrote it, Brian Duffield. Uh my god. Yes. Uh, it's all I think it's only exclusive to Hulu. Maybe you can rent it. I don't know. Uh, but it's you know if you get one of those 7-day Hulu trials, definitely make that part of it because no one will save you. Was <laughs> Just one of the most exciting, tense movies I've seen in a long time. I must have just forgot to bring it because I, I I watched it too, and I was just bowled over by the fact that it was just so creepy. Okay, you got something to add today? Um, I got my copy of Flea Mortals, which is uh, MCDM Mike uh, Matt Coville's uh, uh, productions book, uh, monster book for fifth edition. Flea Mortals. Does what he did was uh, Matt Colville and I are probably the two only two people in the universe that enjoyed D and D Fourth Edition. And, I like Fourth Edition. Um, three of you then. Yeah, yeah. three. <laughs> and um, he actually incorporated a lot of Fourth Edition's uh, certain rules of Fourth Edition into some monster uh, design. And let me uh, guess, flanking. Uh, flanking. Um, That's the one thing from fourth edition that um, everyone talks about. Normal, minor, and like I liked also the action, like the way you yeah. do your action. He, he uses the standard fifth edition action economy, but he does a lot of playing with different action types. He creates something called villain actions, which are a variation from legendary actions. Um, and uh, Barry and Major Meh will be happy to know he revised the minion rules so crybabies won't cry about the one fucking hit point and fireballs. Um, I don't have a problem with it that much. Uh huh. Yeah. So is this its own game or is it no, a, a it supplement? Is a it's a five e yeah. supplement that you can. It it's balanced and it's all set. You just you can roll it right in. Is it just monsters? It is literally. Or is it also like an adventure or whatever? No, it is literally a thick monster book. And uh, yes, no, it's it's good, Barry. It actually is a very good book. A lot of people have stated in reviews that it's like the best third-party 5e supplement. Really? Um, Yeah, and it is very good. Matt Colville does some good stuff. He is very inventive with 5e and... uh, he and his people playtested the living hell out of it. It's not like this is something that was thrown together. Well, I'm glad you're saying that because I saw that on my feed and it sounded interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's so many books that are out now for yeah. 5e that it's like, here's a bunch of stats and charts and stuff that are really cool. Mm-hmm. But then here's the other half or more of the book that's an adventure that I'm probably not going to run. Right. I oh, he did I a that. Kickstarter. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it was one of the. It's a very. It was a very successful Kickstarter until recently. Now they've had, they've had D and D Kickstarters that have just blown the roofs off houses. Um, Ryoku's Guide to the Yokai by D and D Shorts. How's it, a yokai? Yokai. That's a, that's a Japanese demon. Japanese demon, and oh. it's an East Asian flavored monster book, and that sucker hit three million. And then you have like the OSR book Shadow Dark, which broke a million, which is also incredibly. I good. keep hearing about Oath of the uh, Crown of the Oathbreaker. You heard anything about that? I heard uh, something about that, <clears throat> but it. Um, one of the things that attract me to some of these others is the way they diverge from conventional vanilla, you know, Renfair D and D, which yeah, yeah, I know you guys love. But, uh, wow, that, oh, the the disdain yeah. in your face and your voice. Ugh, you guys like normal D&D. Yeah, you know, with your... Swords and damsels in distress. And swords is cool. It's bullshit. the whole... Hey, Let's look, go get you a cup England. of tea there, Kirsten, so yeah. you can sip it there disapprovingly. I put my pinky up yeah. your ass. Pinky in the but, air, um, sipping disapprovingly. I pay extra for that. <laughs> anyway, so Flea Mortals, it's great. It's actually a great rules variant and has very, very, very cool rules concepts and execution. Um, I don't want to go too deep into it because I also want to mention Blue-Eyed Samurai, which is on Netflix now. It's uh, one season. It's uh, been interesting. The art, I, I love the animation. It's a, it's a samurai uh uh, n not supernatural or anything like that. I think it's kind of... Uh, Live action? Uh, no, no, animated. Anime? animated. Is it anime? It is anime, but it is not not the standard anime. Not traditional anime, right. okay. Yeah, so, um, and it it's beautiful. I love the art. Uh, Barry, I watched it on your system, so I gave it a double thumbs up. Cool. So you'll get tons of recommendation. <laughs> you know, oh no, I don't want to waste time. Okay, and we will then, tell you how to use the TV more properly with the sound. Uh, yeah, you, actually, yeah. No, I need. You're to using it all it. wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, but that's okay. I didn't want to freak uh, Barty out anyway. So he's fine. Um, that cat freaks out anyway. With nothing. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, Jeff and uh, Steve didn't mention it. They're probably waiting for me. I saw Marvels. Yes, I enjoyed Marvels. A lot. It was yeah. very enjoyable. Absolutely. I really enjoy it. It it's not it is not Ragnarok. It is not uh Guardians two um you know Winter Soldier. But neither is it Dark World, okay? So I think it is a good Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. Like on um, par with Ant Man and the Wasp film. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I yeah. think better. I think Story better. Story wise, that. is it very necessary? Yeah. You know there I mean? are no stories that are very necessary. Oh shit! Oh shit! Here we Professor go. Professor Biggs has spoken. I would disagree with that. Get um, your apple box. I feel like it is definitely pieces of the story are definitely building towards the upcoming Avengers movies, and oh, there like are a, elements there, that there, definitely build a, upon. There's a stinger. Like there's a stinger that is. That is very relevant that is to the universe. Huge, actually. Yeah. Yeah. They're building uh, a secret I'm war, at right? The movie yeah. itself. Movie was movie was movie fine. Is, movie is great. Uh, yeah. I had a good time. With I it. had I a really great enjoyed time it. with it. Uh, Iman Vellani. Yeah. Holy shit balls. She has, as Ms. Marvel, she has the hardest job in this movie. She's with Brie Larson, and the woman Tanaya 
Uh, I, I can't remember her I name. can't pronounce Monica it. Monica Rambeau. Who plays Rambo? She is also very, very good. But two very strong actors. Very strong. Yep. But Villani has to play that fucking gosh wow, holy gee. Uh, I'm with my idols right now. Oh my God, I can't yes. believe I met you. And, yes. And not make it annoying. And it is not annoying. <laughs> it is not a character. Exactly. She plays it with such sincerity. Exactly. I was just going to say the same thing. I don't know thing. if you need to tip your hat to the director, but regardless, she is wonderful. She actually. She really grounds to, the film. Yes. She actually made the movie for me, which it was really funny because I was watching it thinking, oh, this, you know, she's going to be that kind of character. And maybe it's because she wasn't that I was so impressed, but I was really, really impressed with her. She did a wonderful job. Tiana Paris. Tiana Paris, yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that is her from WandaVision. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, you know, you get those things tied together. Uh, and Brie Larson is good. I'm not like shagging on, I'm not bragging no. on uh, well. Brie Larson. But, uh, I, yeah, I really, really, I really enjoyed it. So, um you know, I have no sympathy. I've never had sympathy for the man babies anyway, especially the ganging up on Brie Larson bullshit. Uh, Timeline-wise, yeah. uh, is it like present day in Marvel uh, Universe? Yeah. Or does yeah. it go back? Because yeah. yep. no. the reason I ask is because I see that Nick Fury's in it, and he just did his own uh, Marvel series. It's post-Secret right. War. Post that? Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah. Remember because he went back up to the space station. Yeah, there's uh, there's yeah. the scrolls and the Kree and the and the Flurkins and the Flurkins. Okay, oh, the Flurkins. That <laughs> a, the Flurkins. That was actually. Yeah. Did you guys see the ad? They did an ad on the globe on the the big sphere. On the sphere. Uh huh. Um, I saw it like Marvel Studios or whatever posted it out on, Insta- on Instagram and all of the other stuff. But for people outside of Vegas, the sphere yeah. is like the giant eye of Sauron. <laughs> yeah, but it's just on the ground. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, it was really like it would have been really cool to see because it was like the cat sitting there, and then like there's a fly flying around, and the cat, you know, is like as the sphere is huge, right? So yeah. it's this giant cat, and then all of a sudden it's just tentacles everywhere, like because he's catching the fly. <laughs> yeah. On that yeah. huge sphere, it looked really cool. <laughs> I didn't so, see yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. That's actually good. that's the sphere can be such an amazing thing it uh, uh, losing it was money. impressive yeah it was well impressive. okay i don't i really didn't want to i don't want to get caught up in this but people have pointed out that the money situation one of the problems is it opened towards the end of the third quarter yeah so okay and and a lot of people are shitting on a well would you ex- i couldn't believe this fucking comments thread dude what'd you expect getting you two to do it it's like what the fuck is up your ass about you? People don't know anything. To, yeah, right. to bring to bring what we're even talking about, uh, they put out there that the Sphere lost like ninety eight million dollars in its first fiscal quarter. Yeah, uh, the Sphere opened on the 29th of September. Yeah, the fiscal quarter ended on the thirtieth. <laughs> so that's why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and so you two, their their shows, they they had like a miniature residency there. We're sold out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did their job, and YouTube, I think, was actually a great uh, idea for that because they love using the space to its yeah. maximum visually. It is. They're doing the 30th anniversary of Octung Baby. Yeah, and the tour was the Zoo TV outside broadcast tour, so they've incorporated a lot of the elements of the inside and outside video boards on the sphere. Yeah to replicate that experience because I actually got to see the outside broadcast tour 
uh, when I was living in the Kansas City area. So it's this and it is immersion folks. in this video. It is the and largest audio. largest sphere. Yeah, in uh, uh, structure, and it has a bi- a billion, two yeah, billion, something like two billion L- pixels. LED lights that create images on the outside and on the inside. Yep. It it is an amazing edifice. So I think it's going. It's it's actually the thing since Luxor that has impressed me as an attraction for Vegas in, in Las Vegas. Yeah. And it's getting to the point where you can see it almost everywhere you, oh, you are can see in it town. From our house. Like yeah. it is amazing when you're just driving and during the day. Yeah. You can see <laughs> yeah. the fucking thing. It's yeah. that bright. Yeah. And, so, and to kind of bring sleeps. this back to it's a little Marvels. This this glee of the thing failing good dovetails yeah, right into yeah, the yeah, yeah, glee yeah. of Marvels had the lowest opening weekend of any Marvel movie. Blah blah blah. Yay! It's like because you're a man baby, <laughs> and you hate the fact that this female led movie, or you love the fact that this female led movie. It's like there are so many factors as to why this movie is not raking in the box office. One of the biggest being there's been no promotion except trailers because they couldn't do it because of yeah. the strike yes you you i i i don't want to stand on on Villani too much but you have her out there with larson and with uh uh paris you know promoting i think you you generate a lot more interest. i i'm really serious folks i think she she and her family that whole dynamic yeah. really just added to the there, there's a thing they try to do with uh, larson and paris's character because of the the nature of their relationship that uh, Valani's fan and maybe it's because they have it established from the TV series I don't know yeah. but they blow it out of the water it's just it's just so well, so yeah it did suffer from, but I from think every movie released over the last six months where there's been no writers or yeah. actors being able to promote this have, have suffered yes, they have. Yeah. yeah 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 absolutely so, the other thing though too is we are two weeks before Thanksgiving Yep, and a lot of people. There's a reason why right now is a slow time at Disney. A lot of people (laughs) don't travel because they are preparing for the holiday season. Yep, and they travel for Thanksgiving, so they're not doing anything right now. So that's also probably not helping. Like if they had opened it Thanksgiving weekend, is there a big Thanksgiving uh, movie coming up? Is there a big Thanksgiving weekend opening? Because I would have to say, wish would wouldn't it. Yeah, Disney's Wish is wish. coming up. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, Disney, Marvel. Okay, so that's why it's not coming up. But out Marvel's then. was supposed to be summer, too. They pushed it because yeah, of the strike. Yeah. It's a different audience for Wish. Yeah, yeah it is. But, but, but sometimes what, that... What I, okay, so, um, God, was it Movie Bob or was it... Uh, Movie some, Bob had a pretty decent review on it, I, spoiler free. But, um, but he liked he it. Had a, he had a whole thing about how... The, the narrative of, oh, this movie's a flop, this movie's a flop, this movie's a flop, but then you wait three weeks and it has this solid, yeah. maintained yep. box office. Right. So by the end of three or four weeks, the thing is actually way in the profit. The fact that it's not number one or that it's a, a very low grade number one really does not necessarily well, mean yeah. anything. Over, right. Specifically over the last three months, a lot of movies have done way better in their second weekend than in their, right, in their, yeah. their weekend. opening weekend. Yeah. And especially, I think, once the word of mouth gets around exactly. this movie. And yeah. I, 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 yeah, I would, if you've seen it and you liked it, say something because I think... I do think it it's worth it. It's yeah. it you know, and it's worth seeing on the big screen. Yeah. We uh, saw three D yeah. and I have to admit, 
that that worked it yeah it was pretty good in 3d was it filmed in 3d no it's almost nothing is filmed in 3d it's all converted but you can definitely tell it was shot for 3d which is a big difference a lot of directors nowadays are working on the cinematography specifically with the intention to convert to 3d yeah. and it makes a huge still difference has a ways to go but right but this this wasn't this wasn't terrible it wasn't distracting yeah, it wasn't right, like the glasses weird, are weird glitches well the glass well that's that's yeah. different i mean you know nobody nobody's james james cameron's james cameron no one else is yeah. I think he's the master of modern 3D. Well, yeah. I mean, he developed his own freaking yes. camera yeah. just to and, shoot and in he, 3D. He's so. figured it out for Avatar. Uh, but uh, I, And even if it, it you don't see it in 3D, I think it's worth I, it. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, I've had this conversation. I'm not a big fan of conversions. This is okay. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. didn't give me a headache, so. Well, exactly. That's, that's good. Yeah. Well, I think that brings us to... Uh, Oh, what time would it be, Deb? News you don't give a shit about. Let me get And I'm going to make up for the fact that you didn't have any last week, so. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Before you start, I just realized I had a, a U2 story that was somewhat amusing, but I'll save it for the supplemental material. Save it. Mountain Dew is resurrecting its game fuel drink this year to celebrate the soft drink company teamed up with Microsoft (laughs) for a special map in Halo Infinite inspired by the drink. Guess why this is in news you don't give a shit about, Barry. He's all doing hand signals. Because I don't give a shit. The map is called Critical Dew Point. (laughs) 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 And it's coming to Halo Infinite through the Halo 3 Refueled playlist later this year. This playlist features seven classic Halo 3 maps remade for Infinite using Forge. Um, The map was created by Forge user Artur Bloodshot. They said on the Xbox Wire that the map features nods to Mountain Dew, including an overall green hue. Now, they've had pictures and literally just looks like a map with green lights. And it even has a vending machine that spits out power-ups. Oh, boy. Yay. Yeah. Apparently, uh, it's a nostalgia thing, I guess, because, you know, Mountain Dew was really popular in the... (laughs) 2000s when the original Halo came out. Yeah, so. I vaguely remember them yeah. promoting it at around the same time. What? So. Mountain Dew is the drink that a lot of gamers go to? Imagine that. Mm-hmm. What is the flavor of Mountain Dew? Sad. Well, Citrusy. Yeah. This one, which is citrus cherry flavor. I'll talk about the original flavor. What is it? Uh, the primary Citrus. ingredient Citrus. is, uh, like is orange juice concentrate. That was like That's lemon. what gives it. Lemon? There's there is some citric acid yeah, in it, it is but not, it starts it's, with orange juice concentrate. It, it doesn't butt you, butt you. It doesn't smack you over the head with orange. Yeah, it's it it literally is like a generic citrus yeah. flavor. Except and it's super high in sugar. It's high in sugar. It's supposed to be very caffeinated, so that's yeah. why it's yeah, that's, a big gamer. The, the whole... But the, the caffeine content was always overblown. It's not yeah, as no, high in caffeine. It, I mean, but it was all... I yeah. never understood, because it was the whole... Even tabletop role-playing. Yeah. It, it's like... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Mountain pizza Dew. Mountain Dew. Yeah. 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 I never liked it. I like Jolt. I like it, but... I like, <laughs> I like Jolt. It. That was... I love oh, garbage, God, but Joel. at least yeah, that one was caffeinated. That's yeah. not as bad as the. In that's the... like non-alcoholic for loco. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could taste the caffeine in Jolt. <laughs> yeah, Yikes. I enjoyed me a Jolt in the Midwest in the '90s. They had this thing called Zydeco, 
that was uh, it was I, cola. I it. it's a, yeah, it's a it music. was it was supposed yeah, to be yeah. it was supposed to be their answer to uh, Zydacola. I think is what that it, makes more sense. Uh, it was supposed to be their answer to Jolt, but it, it was supposed to be like coffee and cola and tea flavor. Fuck off. It's all together? It's, it Why was bizarre. I, I always tried to find one just to find out what it tasted like, but they were always sold out. So. Oh, and sold there were, out. then there was the there was the other one. The, the mascot was this, uh, it was really weird, this bird without feathers. It was called Molt. What the fuck is what? Fuck you! <laughs> Just shut up! Just got him, folks. Stop <laughs> saying I got him. Oh, really? listen to me. Tell us more. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. <laughs> Bring on the space dinosaurs. Oh yes, please. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. What, what's this? Don't give a shit about. I don't know. She's, got me. She's got me so far. Bring on the space dinosaurs. Okay, mm. now you're losing. So, Bring on the music sucks. When it comes to planets harboring life, we have an incredibly small sample size because the only one that we have found and have experience with is Earth. So when we're looking for other planets with life, we tend to look for familiar type signs and and things from like Earth's history. But they have the recently the. Royal Astronomical Society released in their last monthly um, notice that there's actually a better way to try to track planets with life. With life or potential for life? With active life on the planet at this time. And that is by like actually looking at the oxygen levels in the atmosphere and it because it puts off light so from a distance the higher the oxygen content the more light the planet is so i know they track them by light and color i took a course in astrobiology in the search for extraterrestrial right so life. if you actually looked at earth and earth's oh, history oh, oh. the best <laughs> the best time to have seen our planet from by an alien race would have been um during the mesozoic era mm-hmm. so about where is it uh, between 100 and 300 million years ago when the oxygen concentrations were at the highest because of all the plant life on the planet. And like just all of those Mesozoic plants, I mean, just like a lot of other things during that time yeah. period, they were big, they were gigantic. Yeah. And so the plants were huge. They Most of the planet was in a warming stage. And so there was just vegetation everywhere. And what are you doing over there? He's handing me his phone to show me all of his accomplishments and certifications. But what I'm doing is actually getting into his phone. <laughs> Why would you ever do that? You, Why would I you do that? I thought you would have learned your lesson the last time you did that. <laughs> Clearly, you remember it nothing. So, it, it just, man, Barry would be like, hey, I got this picture of my big penis on the phone. And. Todd will be like, let me see. And Barry will fucking give it to him. Yep. I thought for just a second he was interested, but I, I, I really had this this course. I watched it change hands, and I was like, what the, what I, the fuck? You know what? Todd I took a shot. I punching took away I, at it. Do you remember how you were asking me if you could get some of the apps that control things in our house on your phone? No. 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 You cannot be trusted, Barry. <laughs> Look, Todd, I got a certification now, in Now, it. the one... The one uh, defense I say of Barry is Todd, 
He sells it. Yeah, he does. Oh, he, he, yeah, let me see. He sells it. He I'm was gonna just be like, it was good until he started trying to push buttons. And then I'm like, nope. But you weren't even noticing until like he actually pointed it out. Todd, so. this is where you do the acting. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank Barry, you, folks. Barry even smiled with pride when he thought Todd was going to say something. He looked amused. Uh, I was very curious. <laughs> that you didn't sell. <laughs> just, just sit there and d- shut up. No, 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 never mind. <laughs> it was, it was. I, I realized halfway through that it was going to be a visual joke. Never mind. <laughs> learning, He's learning, learning. See, I can see there is a redemption arc in this show. Well, Here, let me show you this though. Learn new tricks. <laughs> So anyway, hopefully, maybe someday we'll find another planet in the galaxy that actually has dinosaur life on it. Because well, some galaxy 100 to 300 light years, million light years away from us are probably right now going, oh, shit, that place must have life. Yeah. Because they're getting that good old Mesozoic shit right about now. Yeah. That's true. Oh, yeah. And they came here and they hunted them to extinction and now we don't have dinosaurs to eat. And, and they sucks. covered it up by saying an asteroid hit the planet? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a That was conspiracy. first conspiracy. Yeah, asteroid was a cover up. <laughs> <laughs> Over hunting. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, scoops. Scoops. <laughs> Send that into Paul, would you please? Just let him know that's a new conspiracy. (laughs) He was just here last week. I could have just told him in person. News you don't give a shit about. Screenings are underway this week for Amazon Prime, Apple, and Netflix to assess the possibility of acquiring Warner Brothers' discarded Looney Tunes film Coyote vs. Acme. The studio faced criticism over the weekend following the similarly abrupt cancellations of Batgirl and Scoop Holiday Haunt last year. Unnamed sources suggest that Amazon is a leading contender due to the apparent influence of Courtenay Valenti. They had a film streaming in theatrical at Amazon and MGM. She was at Warner Brothers as president of production and development when this movie was actually starting developing and she played a pivotal role in getting it made. So that's why a lot of people are saying that it might just go to Amazon because of her influence. With the actor strike concluding and a demand for content for both streaming platforms and theatrical schedules, the decision to leave a finished film, and it is finished, like Coyote yeah. versus Acme unused, resulting in a $30 million write-off on the $70 million project, was characterized as bizarre anti-art studio financial shenanigans. <sighs> yeah, I, I remember reading that this week and just wanted to pound my head against yeah it doesn't make it if you already it's, it is done if well, it's done and they'd already had limited test screenings and apparently gotten very positive feedback yeah. and so it's like you could put a project out there that would probably make at least money. make up what you've spent on it but you're going to take a 30 million dollar write-off how fucking stupid business well, minds well, work is so what? anti-creative i agree but to play devil's advocate these you combine you combine the kind of fuck knob C-suite mentality. Yes, they're always going to go for the, the true with the man babies. Yes, yeah. right. This thing comes out, and what if it makes its thirty million? So at least they 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 match the write off, right? Yeah. 
but they don't hit their 70 or whatever, then the man babies have a field day. It's still a loss then, to them, and yeah. And then it's, then it's just like, oh, the movie was a failure, and oh, this and that, and so better to just write off and throw it in the corner. It's, I'll wager you anything that's part of the logic behind that. Oh, yeah, it's this, it's this risk-averse, modern business school mentality where if you can get a certain solid amount for something versus taking the risk of maybe doubling your money, you always go for the solid. In that yeah. case, get Loss. out of show business. Ex- well, that's, well, that's exactly what I say, but that it's the well, the fact that all of the studios have now been taken over by the ty- the business types that have that yeah. ty- style of schooling, that's it's so ingrained in their psyche that yeah. they can't see any other way to well, to and, proceed. And I think what's ultimately going to happen is Warner Brothers in particular is going to see an exodus of anyone who ever wants to work. At they Warner they already are. There's yeah. all kinds of creative oh, Chris, talent that Chris are Nolan. For yeah, one. yeah. They're they're all leaving for other studios. But the problem is they're probably going to run into the same roadblocks at a lot of these other studios. Eventually, but for now, eventually. But for now, yeah. There's a, a there's a dearth of creative types at at Warner Brothers. If I was authoritarian of the U.S., I would definitely kill writing off your movie by not releasing it. Yeah. Or how about this? Uh, we, we can find a happy medium. You can write off your movie, uh, but then it goes into public domain and free to watch for everybody. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or you can write off the difference. So you... release it and it makes X amount. And if that's like. Well, they already do that. That's. Yeah. That's uh, the you, creative you, accounting practices. Yeah. It, it, well, it's not even that creative. If if you make something and you and you release it and it doesn't make any money, you get to write off that production cost. Well, then fuck. Yeah. No, the whole thing is completely stupid. Well, that you know that actually brings up a good point. Now, with the change in the corporate mentality in a lot of the studios, Warner Brothers specifically, because uh, the last version of the uh, Hollywood Economist that I read doesn't account for these differences in running the studios as businesses. So I'm wondering if they're going to have to throw that model out and redo it now because with all the creative, you know, you make these little sub companies and that company always operates at a loss so that you get certain tax benefits. So even though the movie may make five, 10 times what it costs you to produce, when it comes down to filing for your taxes or paying people that have uh, points on the movie, you're taking a quote loss. They're like, oh, well, it didn't make any movie, any money, so you can't, you, you get nothing. Yeah. Because they've always tried to screw the creative types out of that. Oh, yeah. With that accounting <laughs> practice. Yeah. But now they're trying to screw <laughs> the government and their own stockholders yeah, out yeah. of. Never, never take a, a back end uh, profit yeah. deal. Always get upfront growth. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So that way you just read variety. What the movie make this week? Oh, three hundred million. Good. I get ten percent of that. Thirty million just get, got in my pocket. <laughs> so. And really quick, I have one more. Really quick. So, obviously, this is one of those. Hey, some critics sat down and put their own list together of their top fifty TV shows from the twenty first century so far. And I just wanted to kind of take a, a poll. And Kirsten can't. I'm not going to let you cheat. Oh shoot. So that's that's what she thinks of you. (laughs) So if you had to pick and of the 21st century, so anything that has aired on television since January 1st, 2000. 
Okay. Until like about a month ago. Um, <laughs> what do you think would be in the top ten? TV shows. Yes, TV shows. I can guarantee none of the ones that I would put in the top ten are going to be in your top ten. Yeah. So well, now I'm like curious. As well, this to what is not my top ten. No, no, I mean who's top ten in your it? article? There. So it's some. Um, it's like four or five critics that the Hollywood Reporter sat down and they went through. Like they actually went back and forth for months debating and con- like rewatching and like voting on okay, what so they this thought. Is critics picks, not what the things shows. Money, okay, money correct. Wise. Okay, correct. got it. All right, Sopranos. Okay. Yeah, Sopranos got Sopranos. in there. Number two. Boardwalk Empire. No. Band of Ooh. Brothers, I would have put Band in there. Band of Brothers, guess what number? Seven. 38. 38? 38 out of 50? That's what I thought, too. Wow. That's what I thought, too. Because that's a really Breaking incredibly Bad. good... Breaking Bad was number uh, 16. Yeah. 16? Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> that was on the list, actually, oh, but it was at number 26. Still. I, oh, that's I would have said Game of Thrones Game prior of Thrones to the final season. On the list, and it was at number 30. Really? Okay. Okay. Ahead of Band of Brothers, which makes no sense to me. I feel like Walking Dead's probably in there somewhere. Nope. No, not Modern, at all. Uh, Modern Family. <clears throat> Hmm? Modern oh, Family. Oh, yeah, he's got a point. That um, was a really popular... I think that was popular... actually on the list okay. in, the, in the 50. I didn't write it Parks down. Parks and Rec. That was uh, also on the list. God. Yes. Good place. In like the 20s. The good place. No. What? What? I know. <sighs> but, that that show just does it, not I get the proper show. respect. It is so good. That show is so good. It is brilliant. But one an, another amazing show that actually was on this list that's really great is Halt and Catch Fire. It was oh, number yeah. 17. The first season of Handmaid's that was Tale? amazing. Um, Handmaid's Tale didn't make the top 50. Wow. Mm. Um, guess huh. what number one was? Oh, okay. Um, the Kardashians. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No. No, but everybody they, throws they something actually out. had reality TV shows in this list. Oh, oh fuck Christ. you. Why would you ever oh, put that? You know, fuck you. I would agree to that with one exception. I did really enjoy Amazing Race. That wasn't on the list. <laughs> of course not. Well, That's, I guess you better go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's one of the few quote unquote reality shows. That I watched. Okay, I'm going to give you a hint. All right. Number one show is something that I think everybody at the table has probably seen, okay. and they smoke and drink a lot. Oh, Mad Men. Mad Men. Yeah. Okay. Mad Men, number one. Really? I've never That's seen number it. number one? I mean, of course you haven't seen These things it. are all it's subjective. Good. But yeah. It's, it's good, good it's but I don't think it's one. number yeah, one. I agree. Uh, it and I think goes Band off of, the rails. Band of Brothers should have been way higher. Yeah. Way higher. But yeah. So what's the top ten? Top 10. Bojack Horse, Horseman. I'm starting at number 10. Oh, okay. Freaks and Geeks, number 9. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Girls, number 8. Okay. No, Better I never Call, watched it. Better Call Saul, number 7. Okay. okay. Yes. Reservation Dogs, number 6. Never saw it. The Wire, number 5. Okay. Of course. 30 Rock, number 4. No. Succession, number 3. Mm. The Sopranos, number 2. And Mad Men, number 1. Okay. I don't feel like Succession well, should be that high on that yeah, list. No. I, I, no. I've never Wing seen it. wasn't so. on the list either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what about like, the technically, wait, wait, wait. technically, the West Wing started in the late yeah. It doesn't matter, actually. They, they, had, well, they had criteria. They had criteria. Oh. And it said as long as some of the episodes aired oh, after okay. January 1st. Well, then, yeah, then West Wing should be way up there. Yeah. If not number one. <laughs> Probably yeah. not, but still. no, but it should have been in the top fifty for sure. sure. Yeah, I could have you. The, oh, you it said West, be in the top. Did you 20 say at least? Did you say Westworld? West, no, Wing. West Wing. Oh, West Wing. No, Westworld. Uh, season one. Westworld was really good. Season but, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, season one. Yeah, that's <laughs> the only one. But <laughs> but that whole. So what they did was it's kind of like they reviewed 
anything and you couldn't consider any of the seasons of a show prior to January 1st, 2000. So like okay. couldn't affect that, how that, you were, That might be why the West right. Wing. Because I don't but, like, So like yeah. for Westworld, they would have thought the whole thing. It yeah. would have just been for this season. It's this number. It, it would have really been, did fall apart in yes, season two. Well, is there criteria or something? <laughs> yeah, there is. They had, she said they had criteria. Yep. So well, what is it? Okay. Well, I will read the criteria really quick. <laughs> did you not see her go and say, okay, and then you... Yeah, and, so... And, and Kirsten, thank you for not cheating looking at the list. Yes, thank you, Kirsten. <laughs> He's like, I can't even can't, see it from yeah, here. No! <laughs> <laughs> I can't read that. She's... You sh- guys, it's like it's like three-point type. <laughs> and I'm... I'm oh. Okay, the first one, obviously, like I said, it had to air... January 1st, 2000 or later. Okay. And if a, if a series was over that on a hump, it could still be considered, but the seasons prior to that could not be considered as part of its score. Okay. Um, the next parameter was, um, so they excluded most international television because most Americans, sample size-wise, don't get a good sample of like all of the offerings it's that fine. you could see. So they only included English language options. Okay. That's why Coronation Street wasn't on there. I'm looking for <laughs> judging criteria. Um, it, Apparently there is none. Was it. it was literally <laughs> so, the critics okay. sitting together, bringing their, their thoughts and opinions to Ooh, a table yeah, and like getting, essentially they were debating over it for months trying to get people to. Well, you know, then agree. clearly these people are full of shit. Hence why it's I in. Well, you know, critics. But I just, I couldn't believe Band of Brothers was so like, uh, so low. I mean, I mean, we just rewatched it again recently, and it is still holds up. Oh, it is I, really good. Oh, over, over. Well, not COVID. Over, over. Trump reign. I did a rewatch of West Wing. That's what we did too. We did. We did that too. And uh, wow, that shows. I awesome. know. E- even the John Wells years are pretty good. It does slow down a little bit, and he doesn't nearly bring the funny that Sorkin does. But, yeah. um, but they're still good stories, and. And and the West Wing Weekly is a podcast that if you are a fan of the West Wing, you should do a rewatch, watch an episode, listen to West Wing Weekly. It's great. It's great. You podcast. know what I liked that was way too short uh, was another Sorkin uh, newsroom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Newsroom? That was definitely really 90s. Good too. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that, that was way too short. I'm, Why haven't we released our I haven't top finished. 100 list? Ours? Yes. Well, we ours. used to we used to do because it's always changing. New, our New Year's uh, things, but uh, there's a certain policy about topicality. I don't know. We used to have the big list once upon a time. Yeah. We should do that again. Or post it for Kofi. Yeah. We, we <laughs> kind of just did. That was. I should put the big list music underneath that. I mean, I would have put Firefly on this list. So, you know, we didn't really technically fully yeah, do this evaluation. It's one season. But it... But that one se- <laughs> I got the look. I got the look. The, the thing about the fact Fire that I even Bo- have to like explain why it should be on the list. One well, season then, in a movie, Barry. One well, season in a movie. Well, also oh yeah, community. It's, Where's community? It's on one list? season, right? But then you look at the first season of oh I don't know Next Generation. Crap. <laughs> there you go. And Serenity. One of the things that stands out. It's it's not even one season. I mean, nowadays it would. Yeah, be. they literally cut it off mid-season. But it was, it was. Yeah. It's only half a season, and it, it, it was very good and, episodes, and on right? its way. Um, I think thirteen altogether. Yeah, they and then they actually like it, it was going to midwinter break, and they just canceled. Yeah, it. you have to do thirteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or 
you did. I don't know how it, was, it is. You now. know, it was normal. They was on Fox, and Fox mm-hmm. is dumb. So, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, it 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 it's good, even with just that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, I hate Battlestar Galactica. You are just what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh. He's. <laughs> He's a purist as far as what the, the original Battlestar. It was, it, was, yes. it was after 1987. I just... Both, oh, he's possessed by the ghost of Vernon. That's both, the problem. Both series are good on their own stance. Although I am a Katie Sackhoff fan. So yeah. there's Where's Longmire on that? Thing? Yeah, Longmire. Yeah, I heard nice Justified. Justify Hell on Wheels, The Shield, Oz. Didn't the you guys shield. just love Oz? Yeah. Star Trek Actually, no, Discovery. The was it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Strange New World. I'm changing Where's my Lower idea. Where's Lower Decks on that fucking list? I'm yeah. changing my idea. Now I want our top ten list of sandwiches. Weekend Geek. Yay! <laughs> Way to cut me off, you. <laughs> I did have a hot Bobby today, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, I tried the hot, hot Bobby. Bobby. It's Bobby. good. It's the cold really? One. You don't think the so? They're doing better. sandwich yeah. shock right now. It's more like leftover turkey yeah. dinner leftovers. Yeah. And that's why I like that. Yeah. I like that. Hot Bobby. No. <laughs> <laughs> he stole hot pockets. You didn't hear that? I, I guess I heard it. That's why I said no. <laughs> Oh, you see, man. You see, the way it works is no. Don't moves, say that because then I gotta give Paul a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> this year's Golden Joystick Awards took place in London shut as up. well as shut up, Kirsten. <laughs> Just <laughs> shut it. As well as live streamed around the globe, uh, the show, which is now in its forty-first year, wow. recognizes the talent present across all video game industry. This year, it's Larian Studios' Baldur's Gate Three that's taken home the most awards, picking up a record-breaking seven joysticks, including Game of the Year, and Larian itself taking home <laughs> the Studio of the Year. Kirsten can't—he can't even react because all he's got is dirty thoughts. Yeah, uh, he's. He Penis. That's all you're thinking about. Penis. That's all you ever think about. <laughs> really, you got an obsession. I mean, men in general do. It's just something you guys just Turn do. Turn stick. You just do it. Uh, so the winners are best storytelling. Joystick. <laughs> yes. Uh, the best uh, best storytelling went to Baldur's Gate Three. No shit. The still playing award went to No Man's Sky. Huh. I have to huh. absolutely agree with that. Really? That is, that is the most amazing redemption arc of a game I've ever okay. seen. Redemption no. arc, yes, but still playing, I'd say, would go to Civ 5. five. <laughs> have you... Wait, uh, no, but here's wait the thing. no Birth of the Federation on that still Shut playing? Oh, stop with that. Steve. Stop trying to make Birth of the Federation happen. <laughs> and, and here's Let why Here's why not Civ 5. Because they made Civ 6 and now are just supporting that. And fuck Civ 5, according to Firaxis. Uh, no Man's Sky, they are still actively updating that game r- regularly. Oh, every yeah. few months, adding new content. I now, do you true. do you go back to No Man's Sky every now and then just to kind of check yes. in and see what's going on? Okay. Yes, I do. And I, I have figured, a great time every time I do. Absolutely. It's a better game than it ever was, and I liked it when it first came out. So. He had so much fun with that. Yeah, I, I remember watching him play it. It's just, it's fascinating. Uh, best visual design, Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> best game expansion, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. That's a... Uh, Didn't that game not do well? Another game that has been like, once it was released, really kind of got some bad stuff. I enjoyed the original game. It was pretty good. It's very much a sci-fi Skyrim kind of thing. However, they have been constantly updating, fixing, and making better, and adding new content, and apparently this new add-on is... Balls to the wall, awesome. 
at least according to the things I've read. Yeah, it's one of those games where I know I would enjoy it, but I'm going to wait a few years. Oh, it's, been, it. it's been a few years I'm now. Gonna, I'm going to wait another year. <laughs> it's been a long road. Uh, best indie game, Sea of Stars. Best VR game, Horizon <laughs> Call of the Mountain. Best multiplayer game, Mortal Kombat 1. What? Right? Of all the... That just came out. Right. Uh, this, and, and also, when you think... Almost what? always, a multiplayer game's been like revamped it, re-released it. It's like they. It's they like a big from the reset. Again. Yeah, yes. it's a reboot. Okay, yeah, but or, it's for not a, new, a reimagining. It's a, new, it's a new game. Rebooting video games. <laughs> not a reimagining. Not a uh... setting it back to zero. They set it back to one. <laughs> Requel. Not a remake. <laughs> back to one, Steve. Best gaming <laughs> community: one. Baldur's Gate board, Three. Steve. Wait, wait, get, get best what? A game community, Baldur's Gate 3. How is there a community for that game? How do you even Because that? there's so much stuff dedicated to speedruns as to who can fuck the bear first. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, best uh, streaming game, Valorant. Uh, best gaming hardware, PSVR 2. Uh, Breakthrough Award, Cocoon from Geometric Interactive. And Critics' Choice Award, Alan Wake 2. Really? Huh. This is fascinating. I remember that getting some critical reviews that were pretty positive, but I didn't feel like that was enough to make the list there. It's the critic's choice. That's, oh, yeah. So. Okay. Do you know anything about that? Uh, about Alan Wake 2? Uh, no. Enjoy just, the first one. I'm wondering if they tie it into Control. Couldn't tell you because it didn't play Control either. Dude. And not, and not Chaos? <laughs> My favorite <laughs> category... <laughs> Game. Nintendo game of the year, Legend of oh, Zelda God. Tears of the Kingdom, because apparently Nintendo needs its own category, otherwise it doesn't win things. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's a shit console. Uh, For, I said it. Yeah. I stand by it. For real gamers. You. Disney is restructuring all things at the studio. Because uh, of the Hulu mandatory purchase thing? Because of all sorts of crazy shit. Uh, during the co company's recent quarterly earnings call, Disney CEO Bob Iger revealed that he will have a more day-to-day -day involvement in the studio's theatrical slate to ensure that the upcoming projects are as well executed as possible. He explained, quote, recently we did have four really strong titles and four of the top ten of the past year led by Avatar Way of the Water, of course. But there were other successes, too, Iger continued. That said, as I looked into our overall output, it's clear the pandemic created a lot of challenges creatively for everybody, including for us. In addition, at the time the pandemic hit, we were leaning into a huge increase in how much we were making. And I've always felt that. Quantity can be a, actually a negative when it comes to quality. I think that's exactly what happened. We lost some focus. And so, working with the talented team at the studio, we're looking to and working to, uh, looking to and working to consolidate, meaning make less, focus on quality. We're all rolling up our sleeves, including myself, to do just that. We have obviously great assets, great stories to tell from the assets that we either have or that we purchased. And I feel really optimistic about that slate going forward, which is going to be a balance between really strong sequels and some very, very popular titles, as well as some good original content, starting with Wish, unquote. So Disney's upcoming slate includes Wish, hitting theaters this month, November 22nd. Uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, that hits theaters on May 24th. Uh, Inside Out 2, expected June 14th. Lion King, July 5th. Uh, the Amateur has released day of November 8th. And the Marvel Cinematic Universe entries include Deadpool 3, Captain America, Brave New World, Thunderbolts. Uh, the studio's live-action remake of Snow White, however, has been delayed to 2025 uh, because of the strike. Yeah. 
Uh, so other things. Yeah, this this whole thing with Disney, the, this the next proxy fight they're dealing with with that it's, activist investor Nelson Peltz, is it? Uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, well, have you heard the latest? Though, I, the, I, Pearl Mutter has yes. basically sold off his shares. The well, he gave the voting rights to. Yes, it, he doesn't actually let go of the ownership. So he just gave the voting to this guy who's there yeah, to but he tried to Disney. do it all shadowy and stuff so that his name wouldn't be attached to it, but. Lo and behold, investigative journalist, board? he's not on the board anymore. Perlmutter, Perlmutter is, by all intents and purposes, out. Mad whopping. But because, of, yeah, but because of the Marvel purchase, he has a lot of shares that are voting shares. And so... Why can't they, like... Dilute them? Not unless he's... Nope. Nope. Not unless he sells. That's the way stock markets work. But yeah, this uh, this Nelson Peltz is trying to start another proxy battle. You know, was it six months remo- removed from the last one? Because he's trying to get seats on the board, and they're basically trying to force more of this stupid growth model that is not sustainable. So Disney is still making profits, even though they're making all these mad cuts. They're forcing. You know, I, don't don't get me wrong. I have no love for. Uh, for Bob Iger and all of this because, you know, he's part of the problem now as well. But they're trying to force him into doing all these cuts in production, cuts in staff, you know, trying to get him to sell off assets because they want to continue this stock growth model that is just not sustainable. I had a great economics professor once who talked about sustainable growth. Yeah. And he said, he said, let's let's look at a business as if it was a baby. Yeah. If you have a baby and it doubles in size in a year, that's awesome. Yep. If it if that continues, you're gonna have a Huge massive problem. baby by the time it's eighteen years old, it will be bigger than your house. <laughs> yeah, and the, the la- and it's it kills me too because frankly, the last uh report that I read on the the profit breakdown, the parks are still generating 60% of their profit. Oh, yeah. So the parks are still continuing to increase their profits year year over year. So many things coming out in the next few years at a bunch of the parks around the world of new lands and new attractions. So, yeah, they're not slowing down. So the fact that these, you know, these these few stockholders are focused on less than 40% of the company's revenue generation Mm -hmm. is completely absurd but they're saying that that is dragging the rest down even though they're still generating money yeah Yeah. they're still generating profit it reminds me of was it the early 2000s or the late 90s when um the ceo of disney at the time and i'm blanking on his name but he was there he was like 20 something years ceo oh um uh eisner eisner Eisner. yep um and they started it's when they started just making the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth of the animation movies that all went straight to DVD, mm-hmm. right? Most people never saw even the sequels of like yeah, Lion Aladdin King. two or Lion King two. Like yeah. I remember selling just, those, and they were just churning and burning them out because he felt like you know if the content's there, people will will pay. It's Disney, da da da. Yeah, but it was I mean it was crap. Like oh yeah, they were yeah. putting out way too much content in way too short of a timeline and not focusing on the details enough to yep. make it good quality content. And that's what they're trying to do. And yeah. I get it. Like some of the choices may not be what everybody agree- agrees with. And I think some of us probably disagree with some of those choices, but that's essentially what they're trying to do is make sure that what they end up putting out has good attention, has good quality and is what they want from what it is they're trying to present. Well, to 
I can I can tell you from my tour at the studios this last week, they are putting a huge amount of focus on the upcoming movie Wish. Mm-hmm. Because that's their big hundredth well, celebration it's original animation series like yeah, story. It is. It is. It's an original story, and it is to celebrate Disney's one hundred. They're combining all the different animation techniques that mm-hmm. Disney has used throughout the one hundred years they've been in around. I noticed that in the trailer. So yeah. they have hand animation. They have the CG animation. They have the hand coloring. They also have the digital coloring. They're doing everything that they've done up to this point and combining that together in this film to see if it works as a tribute to the 100 years of Disney. But they're banking heavily on it. I mean, it was everywhere on the lot. It was everywhere around the lot. And that's kind of got me scared because, I mean, it does, I mean, from the trailers, it looks good. Yeah. The trailer was the first time I heard of it. Really? Yeah. That's the first I really? heard of it. Yeah. yeah. I had seen uh, uh, like seen a trailer teaser trailer so yesterday yeah, a few months ago. Was the first, yeah, yesterday first was the first but time uh, I that's, heard of it. That actually probably is why another reason that they released the Marvels two weeks before because they really want to focus on that film yes. for yeah. Thanksgiving weekend. That is the Thanksgiving when release. families are together and people want the kids out of the house after they've been home for multiple days and they want to go see a film. And, and this is a more family-friendly, family like all ages, than Marvels was because Marvels, I think, is PG-13, right? I do you remember? Probably. I don't. Oh, I don't probably. Remember. I don't remember because they do say shit a couple of times. Yeah, so. and then they do have Flurkins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of scary. And, and Flurkins, yeah, Flurkins are pretty. <laughs> Violence I, and loan nowadays, you can get a PG thirteen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the the trailer, man, that it didn't impress me. I actually, no? I'm really interested, but I love Disney animation films, so I'm what, looking forward to seeing what it. What Jeff said about all the different techniques intrigues me far more than anything I the saw story. Starry, yeah. story. Well, you know where I found that out? I found that from the tour. They're not doing that in any of the promotional material up to this point. Oh, that's a bad move. That, exactly. I think it's exactly. I think, I think that's stupid. I think that's the most valuable tool they have in the pro- in the promotion Why for this. do it if they're afraid to talk about it? Exactly. Exactly. I don't know that they're afraid. I think, once again, we are seeing... Um, uh, the fallout of these strikes. They've had nobody to go out there and be a mouthpiece. That's true. That too. That's true. That too. Yeah. None of the voice actors have been able to say anything well, about it. Okay. I mean, and hell, so I didn't even on found a talk out. show. They can they can say. And here's the thing about this movie. Yeah. They're using every technique, any every animation technique that Disney's used over the past hundred years. But it's we've never had that mouthpiece. It's such a unique uh, way to approach this. And especially for Celebrate 100, I'm surprised they haven't made that the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe they will as we get closer to the release. I mean, it's two weeks. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. We're very close, and we're just well, Really, now- it's a week and a half. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's not, if they open it really, on Wednesday, it's not even yeah. a week and a half. And they're so just- if you're listening to this on the day of the podcast, that's already fucking done. <laughs> oh! What the fuck? Oh! a week away. It comes out tomorrow. Is there singing and dancing? <laughs> It's Wish. Uh, it's well, Disney. Yeah, it's, of course it's Disney. Pass. <laughs> You're what? You're, he's just an asshole. It's fine. <laughs> Everybody just knows this. Barry, like he's just an asshole. Like, Even God, Barry knows this. Oh my yeah, I'm God. just an asshole. Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> I just... Oh. I'll come over this table. <laughs> no, you won't. Jack, Jack, You'll have to climb up the high to get it to do it first. There's something we can't let Barry know about. Oh. What? <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. What about me? Can you let me? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You'll, yeah, go yeah, see yeah, Marvels. Yeah, yeah go okay. see Marvels. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, and just a real quick note on that whole thing. I have started watching uh, The Gilded Age. So, Oh, I, I watched the first. Of, dancing. So there yeah. you go. I watched the first episode, too. <laughs> of this I don't know what's going on, but I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I was, real quick, Gilded Age, it just occurred to me watching this season, uh, Julian Fellows and his production team must love Broadway musicals because of the cast of that show ah. <laughs> well, and also like they're focusing on the opera this season right so right. but i mean i mean you got kelly o'hara you got uh you got <laughs> i'm sorry donna murphy you got christine baranski you got nathan lane you got yeah, vlarg <sighs> you got, got all these, baranski you got patrick page, patrick page. <laughs> i want patrick page's voice Shake what? it off, Barry. Shake it off. <laughs> Why are you shaking it off? Write to us. Comments at GeekShockPodcast.com. And want to thank our Tier 1 members, Sir Choms, Highland Scoop, Chad Wilson, Ambivalent Hoax, Richard Bruin, Scoopatron, Mandy, Sour Mandy D, Jacob Flora, Multiverse Tonight, Scully, Mr. Dumbledave, Froyog Softserve, Gil, Matthew Bates, A. John B., Diggs McSmigs, Eraserhead, King Vault, Elizabeth W., and Mr. Sticky Pants, and of course, Gomer Geek for winning this week's prize. Big winner. Oh, it's medium winner, really. <laughs> and winner, our winner. tier four members, Deb Chicken T, dinner. David Farrar, J.R. Conkle, and our tier five members, Jeff Harris, Aussie Matt, Mad Martron, Glumly, Atomic Gumby, Mad Martron. It was great seeing you this last week. Uh, we did hang out. So sorry, sorry to miss it. Yeah. So sorry yeah. I missed it, buddy. But yeah, I would also like to really quickly interject. Um, Michael Johnson. Um, uh, geek uh, shock monkey who has supported us he actually was the original admin creator of the lair um, he is experiencing some very intense financial problems his fiance has gone through some surgery uh, multiple surgeries actually and he is really really under a lot of financial pressure and so he has posted a word about uh, a GoFundMe in the lair, as well as uh, I, um, <clears throat> I think the, he did a share, or somebody did a share with the uh, podcast page on Facebook. I, or he made a, I can't remember exactly how that worked out. But you can but find him on the lair. You can find him on the lair. Please, if you can, and I'm, I'm personally asking this because he's helped me in the past and you guys have always been kind and generous when I've needed help. If you can do anything to, uh, to help Michael, look up that GoFundMe, look up um, uh, his information and uh, help him if you can. I'd really appreciate that. He's been an ardent supporter of us for a very long time. So please support him. Thank you. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. I don't like musicals vlog. With Professor Biggs. <laughs> and Deb. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, my God. The end credit is mine. You were not allowed to take it, and you totally, like, were waiting to see if I would No, no, first. no. I just... Uh, I just I... love the side-eye look that she was giving you there. She's, <laughs> <laughs> like, waiting for you. She's like, Steve? <laughs> and no, you I... felt... You could feel the pause and Indeed. tension in that moment. Indeed. No, I was having a, uh, a, a Big Bang Theory bloopers moment. Can I've been watching Big Bang Theory bloopers, and there's, uh, there's a whole bunch of scenes of people going, line, 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 line. Oh, is, oh am I next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tons of blooper stuff, actually. Also, because of the whole Matthew Perry thing, people have been throwing up t- 
tons of Friends bloopers. And uh, I was talking to Steve. I actually bemoaned the loss, you know, the, the, the passing of the live action, you know, live film sitcom. Because yeah. I have to say, watching those gag reels when the audiences are yeah. just laughing their asses off as the actors are uh, flubbing and, you know, dealing with stuff is just like, oh, because, you know, I'm already not acting. But now even if I get into it, I'll never experience that. Did they have any of the behind the scenes stuff like when they're actually sticking to their lines, but the joke is hitting hard and the audience and the producers are just dying? Because I've seen some of those on Big Bang Theory where they're just they can't keep it together and they're rolling on the floor. Even Friends had some of those mm-hmm. moments. It, where... it, mostly, mostly it's the it's the bloop one. The most hilarious, the one that fucking killed me is this thing where Sheldon comes in with a big batch of papers and uh he throws it into the air and the papers just fill the stage as they come down and one sheet comes down and sits on his shoulder and the side of his head <laughs> and it was a blooper but uh they left it in he powered through it right stayed in character and they actually kept it in because it was friggin hilarious <laughs> so in fact big bang was one of the last ones filmed before live studio Frasier right? is frazier frazier the current one the current one the current one is yeah. i mean really? it, it's not yep. completely dead but are they ever going to go back to cheers or what he's back in boston why would they not those sets I, were struck a long time ago i guess we'll find out yeah i don't mm. yeah. Yeah, and the baby. actual chairs looks nothing like the uh, set. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tiny little bar Tiny, tiny little bar. Yeah, I was in that airport. (laughs) (laughs) 